Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. Ty? Hi. Ty? Clip. Hey, man, good to see you, brother. He's a cool cat, man. I got a little taco meat on my chest. But I grabbed a handful of lunch meat and shoved it <laughs> down my teammate's throat. I'm a former long snapper. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. At the Burlington... Uh, <laughs> No idea what the f- just happened. It did not flub at all. F- it send it in. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation. Here is your host, Clip Brock. All right, welcome in to a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio Studios, coming to you on Pirate Radio ninety two point seven FM in Greenville, one hundred four point one in Washington. We are on. 1250, 930, also online, pr927fm.com. And you can watch the show and be a part of the show on Facebook Live and YouTube. Got a lot of guests coming up. If you have questions or comments for our guests or us, you can get them in now on Facebook and YouTube and be a part of the program. Coming up on today's show, we got Patrick Mason. He is back from Charlottesville. We'll talk about his trip to the Charlottesville Regional and East Carolina's baseball season come coming to an end. We'll uh, we'll do one last look. We did over-unders before the season started and predictions, so we'll see how Patrick did on his ECU baseball over-unders for 2023. Tie a bow on this season and start to look ahead. Who's coming back for the Pirates? What's it going to look like in 2024 for Cliff Godwin's team? We'll do that with P-Mace coming up at 4 o'clock. We'll also talk some Pirate football with the head man. Mike Houston will join us coming up at 5 o'clock inside the Pirate Radio studios. We'll look at the offseason, the opener against Michigan, and uh, how things are going with this East Carolina football program. A lot of folks to replace on that offensive side. We'll talk about that and a lot more. If you got a question for Coach Houston, you can get that in on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And Ken Wallington, WNCT Channel 9, will join us coming up at around 5.30 to talk about what's going on in the world of sports. Our Braves, winners over the Mets last night. So we'll talk about that and more coming up with Ken Wallington at 5.30. Uh, we got Shirley Rhodes here. We got in Chandler Honeycutt. We got the big dog, Glenn Griffin. couple of new interns hanging out. And Coach Mack is back. And Coach Mack is going to be back quite a bit because he... Uh, we got a big announcement regarding Mack McCarthy, but he joins us here today on Pirate Radio Live. Coach, how you doing man i'm good glad to be here uh we'll find something to talk about right i think there's plenty to talk plenty about. to talk about and uh coach mac has plenty of opinions so uh we'll have fun with him today and we'll have fun with him every tuesday at three o'clock moving forward coach mac going to be a regular right here on pirate radio live so we are excited about that to have him here and uh coach you've been around here a lot roasting mostly troy but myself and jonathan and others at times but uh we've had a good relationship with you and looking forward to talking with you every week here on the show I am too. Uh, you know, I, I do a regular radio show in Chattanooga. I've done it for, gosh, I don't know, maybe 40 years or something like that. Something crazy. And I've done as many as four days a week. Now I do one day a week uh, and it changes. Uh, the day changes due to golf or whatever. But usually in the uh, in the fall and winter, it's on Thursday nights uh, in the summertime, Tuesday. So the golfers can have that first day of the of the tournament looking forward to the weekends, that kind of thing. But and we got golf news, obviously. But uh, I, I love doing the radio and yeah. uh, we might even uh, we might even get talked into doing a little podcast along the way. Yeah. 
so a lot of coach mac coming up that is a fun thing because of course he was former ecu basketball coach but big into nascar big into i guess golf uh now if you follow that and and pretty much everything so we'll talk with coach he has a lot of opinions i disagree with when it comes to the bcs uh, among <laughs> other things uh but we'll have a lot of fun you got a question and he's got a ton of stories too so uh we'll enjoy that you got a question for coach mac you can get that in on facebook youtube uh jamie on youtube is disappointed that brandon's superstitious beers is not in the intro yet shirley so there's a request for you from jamie uh which you just updated the the intro last week but he's ready for another intro uh yes i will uh add that when i have time because you know the i i don't just do the open for prl and that's, that's not all, the only thing you do it's not the only thing i do all day and plus hmm. i was working on my own podcast so you know what you could hold on to it but to, just to touch well, you over so superstitious bears we gotta get that into the i intro. am going to add it to the intro just hold your horses coach are you uh aware of the phenomenon of watching people do things on youtube uh, it's a big thing with the kids uh, like watching other people play video games no that's a thing no uh I, it's also a thing to watch people watch sporting events and we have taken advantage of that here at pirate radio we have a good crew that hangs out with us and uh watches on youtube and facebook when we have watch parties and we did that the other night and apparently uh brandon manning former pirate had some superstitious beers in the refrigerator and former pirate football player bryce williams took those beers unknowingly oh. and you know that that messes up the mojo right oh yeah i'm, I'm big into mojo <laughs> and, uh, superstitions that uh, that's that's part of every coach's life so how about uh we'll, we'll start there what were your superstitions did you have game day superstitions things you did before every game I did. I, I had some things, you know, like uh, there was a routine to uh, going home and taking a nap and having a bowl of soup and, uh, you know, heading out at the right time and that kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, coaches are want to control everything. And uh, uh, yeah, we we were uh, we were kind of superstitious when it came to hotels on the road. If we lost uh, at a place, then the next year we would not be at that hotel. Mm-hmm. The problem is when you go to Cullowee, North Carolina, there aren't a lot of choices. <laughs> when you play the catamount they got you in one spot and one spot only well that's interesting what kind of soup did you mix up the soups did you patrick mason is a soup connoisseur we'll talk to him later in the show what kind of soup did you have uh it varied but uh anything from uh just vegetable beef to we tried to avoid chili but uh but <laughs> might even throw some oyster stew in there all right good deal that's interesting pre-game meal for a coach uh before games that is uh that is interesting and you mentioned your radio uh work in chattanooga so you coached there a long time ago so when you said 40 years were you being serious like when did you start doing that yeah i you know i started doing it in 2000 we're going to narrow this thing down it's not 40 years yeah uh although i've been on the show for the show has been there so were you on as a coach being interviewed yes okay yeah gotcha. but but actually on my own uh sort of like this segment kind yeah. of thing i started that in like 2001 or two okay something so like over that. 20 years yeah over 20 years for my own show and and for several years did four nights a week monday through thursday uh and then even when i got back into coaching i did i kept my one night a week uh, we've got Eric says Coach Mack needs to be appointed the official watch along chaperone to oversee all the shenanigans. It would be fun to have Coach in here to watch a basketball <laughs> game. We did it for the women's 
AAC championship and their tournament game. Yeah. So, Coach, maybe uh, later on this calendar year we can get you in to watch a game with us. I'll, I'll, I'll be glad to give it a try. <laughs> I, uh, that, that would be a different experience for me. Uh, yeah. Co- Coach Kim's my neighbor. I see her all the time. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to sit in on that. And I don't know Coach Schwartz yet, uh, but I hear great things about him. I've met his staff, and clearly he's off to a pretty good start. And uh, uh, it sounds like they, they've had a decent recruiting hall, too. Yeah, and uh, we saw a picture yesterday, Chandler. Chandler Honeycutt, I've introduced you so you can speak now. Uh, how you doing, bud? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for good asking. Good to have coaching here today. It is fantastic. We saw a picture yesterday of the team getting together, kind of a welcome back to Greenville, welcome to Greenville meal. Yeah. And it's funny coach these days you i looked at all the faces like okay he's still here he's still here because you don't know you're you're worried about the portal you're worried about everything uh but it was good to see familiar faces rj felton brandon johnson ezra ezra was there uh Jaden walker everybody you know a lot of guys from last year and the newcomers pettiford uh the transfer so that is something year to year now god you coaches have to worry about it but uh people on the outside are, are kind of seeing okay who are we gonna okay we got a starting lineup at least yeah, it, you know, if you if you can talk somebody into staying, that's just like signing somebody. It's, Pretty much, uh, you know, it, it's amazing, and uh, you know, all this stuff started—the transfer portal and NIL and conference expansion—all of it started when the BCS went away. <laughs> Coach Mag, BCS proponent says that uh, life was easier then. Life was better. It, it the was economy was better. It was. The sky we was clear. There wasn't smoke in the sky. Bluer. <laughs> it was bluer. Um, but, Coach, when you are at a Chattanooga VCU at East Carolina – you there are teams ahead of you in the pecking order so to speak you know were you worried though about getting poached back in those days that that, how much did it happen well it didn't happen as much because Uh, in basketball and football and i think hockey you had to sit out a year so that you know that was always a pretty big deterrent and um and had it not been for that, I think the way I coached, we would have lost the entire team every single year. I'm pretty sure because uh, you know, <laughs> you know, I am sure that all my players would have liked to have left at one point <laughs> in time or another. But uh, we were able to stick around pretty good. But but even you know, we were on the other end of things too. I, I made a list for uh, for a newspaper article the other day, and the top 20 players we had in 12 years at Chattanooga, 18 of them were transfers anyway. They were either junior college or four-year transfers. Right. But, of course, the junior college transfers became eligible immediately. But the four-year guys all sat out a year. But uh, I'd be interested in how it's changed in a sport like baseball that's always had immediate eligibility on transfer. Um, because that's one thing a lot of folks don't understand. All the sports other than football and basketball already had immediate eligibility through the transfer. Uh, yeah, I, I was unaware of that. And uh, thinking about ECU and some of their success during your time, I, I, I was a big James Legan fan, and we've talked to him since his time at ECU and had a good career in Australia and a, a great, a funny guy to talk to. But he was a transfer, I believe, coming into the program. You think about Akeem Richmond, ECU's all-time best shooter, uh, was a transfer from Rhode Island. You had Miguel Paul and Maurice Kemp on that team. Uh, Miguel from Missouri. I want to say Maurice was a JUCO guy. So even at ECU, a lot of our success has been transfer guys. And unfortunately, our best guys that we had as high school guys left as transfers. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's hard. And that's another thing is when you when you bring a transfer in, the you know the the opportunity for him to leave is is not as strong either. So right. you know again that's why we we did despite the fact that we had a lot of transfers at Chattanooga, we had a lot of continuity because we got those guys later in their career and they weren't going to make another move. Yeah, they were not stuck. That's a negative term, but they were they were there to, to no, finish it out. They were stuck. <laughs> All right, they were stuck. Coach Mack had them locked in, uh, ready to go. Uh, Mac McCarthy joining us. You got a question, comment for Coach. We got a lot to talk about going on currently in the world of sports. And also, Coach, just want to use your, your vast knowledge, your uh, Rolodex in your brain uh, of all the great athletes, coaches, uh, buttholes, everybody you've come across in your time. Because just like any walk of life, you got you got all that in the world of sports too, right? Yeah, and, and we've talked about it a lot. I, I've been lucky enough to be around some of the real uh, characters in yeah. the game, like a like a uh, Terrell Owens or a Charles Barkley or you know some of these kind of guys. But uh, but yeah, I've I've been around it long enough to have interacted with somebody uh, or at least somebody who knows somebody. Uh, so you know the thing you and Jeff Charles used to do, where you threw out an, an old name, uh, we, we could definitely try that sometime going forward jeff uh yeah he, he upset me one time because I, I would i would bring up a person he'd tell me a story about him and my favorite announcer growing up uh in football was frank herzog voice of the redskins touchdown washington redskins you know and i uh, love listening to him sonny and sam uh with my dad and just grew up that was like my childhood and i said jeff you, you know frank herzog and and jeff never said this about anybody he said yeah that guy was a real jerk clip <laughs> i was like oh no don't tell me that and he was like yeah met him once he was just a real class a jerk and i That's was like funny. well dang i've never heard jeff say that <laughs> i know that's shocking even me he <laughs> no, he, no me. he loved you to my face anyway <laughs> that coach matt mccarthy's a real piece of work uh no but that was like the one guy jeff didn't like and if Jeff didn't like you, there was something wrong with you. There's so, no question. No so uh, question. no longer a Frank Herzog fan, I guess. But <laughs> man, we uh, we still miss the voice around these parts. We were talking about it. We'll have a great interview coming up Friday with Carl Lester Crumpler as he and Marcus Crandall were in here yesterday morning. We had a, an hour long chat, and uh, uh, Crump talked about his relationship with the voice. And uh, coach, we're still missing him. Just a huge part of of here at Pirate Radio, but. Uh, surely East Carolina, and it'll uh, it'll never be the same. This football season is going to be weird without him on the call. It really will. I, you know, I, I just it hadn't really sunk in on some level. Somebody yeah. asked me about uh, you know who was going to be calling basketball this year, and it, it just struck me again. But you know, I've known Jeff since uh, since his Furman days, Virginia Tech days, and finally got to work with him here, and uh, we we had a lot of good times traveling together and and telling tales about uh, back in the day yeah. and that kind of. Thing thing and uh uh yeah he you know yeah we know he was the voice of the program but in a lot of ways he was the face of the program too you know others came and went but but he was the consistent uh you know persona uh for the athletic department he loved those trips so we talked about it uh, you know recently before his passing about because it was basketball season he loved going on the trips and getting to know the players obviously talking to, to the coaches and stuff but that, that was his he said his favorite part of the job just getting to know everybody as people uh, rather than just players and uh, very very uh, sorely missed here no doubt and everybody listening as well uh jamie boy you really want to start here with mac mccarthy he says what does he think about the nil well there's the rest of the hour 
Uh, you want to dive into that one, Coach? Well, yeah, I can tell you, first of all, it's a mess, uh, and, and we've got to do something to – I don't know that we can get the toothpaste back in the tube at this point, but but we have to have some kind of guardrails, some kind of guidelines that, that we're all going to go by right now. And we predicted this. We talked about it. We talked about it with you on this show. We predicted the chaos that was going to ensue because everybody's going to do what's best for their institution, their program, or whatever. And now you've got all these states passing all these rules, that uh, passing all these laws, and it's different for every state. And that would be a problem no matter what. But when the states are different in the same league, now that's another problem, not to mention how it's going to look nationally. Um, and we were we were talking in the hallway with uh, Jonathan and everybody before the show. I mean, you got uh, you got a, a big contingent of folks going to D.C. today. You got collectives from Washington, Tennessee, Clemson, uh, five, four or five schools. Collectives are going to meet with representatives and and senators. And then you got the SEC group that's going up there with Sankey and Saban and uh, a couple of university presidents, a couple ads in the SEC. Um, but but again, everybody's got their own agenda. They want they want the law to be passed to benefit them, and uh, that's where we're lost. We don't have anybody speaking for the good of the game, for the good of college sports in general. You know, Sankey's doing what he thinks is best for the SEC. Right. Everybody's and, got their self interest, and, and, and it even bit him a little bit. He wanted nine game. He wanted a nine game schedule because they're going to sixteen teams. He didn't get it passed. The coaches kept voted to keep the eight game schedule. So, you know, he, he'd be kind of hypocritical if he went against that because he did what was best for, for the league. They're doing what's best for their school. And um, and the players are trying to do what's best for themselves. Like, yeah. It's the trickle down. Everybody's looking out for, for number one. But but we are in pay for play. And that's what they wanted to avoid. They, yeah. wanted, the play, they wanted to avoid the players being employees. But I don't, see, I don't see that being the end game at this point, no matter which way it goes. Let me ask you this: Do you, uh, Sam Hennett was my guy. We still talk to him. I, I love Sam. He had thirty points against NC State in the and, win. And, and a birthday last week. Happy birthday, Sam! Uh, it, so he had thirty points on a Saturday night. Monday, I want to go to the student store UBE and get a a Sam Hennett jersey, a T shirt with his number on it and name. And and he should get some a percentage from that. Do you like that aspect of the NIL? Like what it's meant to be. If everybody didn't bend the rules on it. Oh, it, it, it was absolutely necessary and and long overdue that right. that they could benefit from their name, image, and likeness. But it wasn't supposed to be right. an inducement. That's all it is now. You're just paying somebody to come to your school, yep. and and that's not what it was supposed to be at all. It was supposed to be people on your roster earning based on their name, image, and likeness once they got there and performed. It wasn't supposed to be for you to come out of high school and them to offer you a million dollars to to come be the play-by-play guy <laughs> and you're right and then we went from a hundred years of nothing to all of a sudden everything like there was no kind of baby steps with it. it well we did take some baby steps but nobody paid attention we did the needy student fund then we did the austin situation where the the academic money was unlimited then we did we did cost of attendance in there somewhere okay. where that's anywhere from five six seven eight nine ten thousand dollars depending on where you go to school we did some of those things but the ncaa did a crap job of letting everybody know what they were doing for these young people and the fact that you know we don't even 
need to mention the scholarship and the you know the nutrition support and the strength and conditioning and all the training and you know th- there was so much being done for these people and again name image and likeness fine inducements paying them to play that's a whole different deal well i know the answer to this already coach but why wouldn't a coach like a like a mike houston come out and say i know that this school is offering money to my player to get them to transfer why why don't they start turning in names turning it why don't they start rolling on people yeah, there's <laughs> I, well, that's a longer show, <laughs> but that I mean, they might stop it. But then here, my thought is that and not Coach Houston in particular, but any coach that you just don't want people looking at everything you got going on, too, would be my response to that. I don't know. Is that uh, why don't we have coach a calling out coach b on this I'm, stuff i'm gonna tell you a good quick story about uh you don't want somebody looking at uh at, at the program a little closer um when coach die big name here when he became the ad at uh auburn he called sonny smith who was my boss in and and myself because sonny didn't know anything about budgets or you know, those kind of things so he called us in and said tell me what you need to be competitive in the sec and I was ready. I had the list of, you know, whether it be charter flights or academic support or, you know, what, whatever we needed, I had a list of things. So Coach Dye pondered it a little bit. He said, okay. He said, uh, and he, I'll have to clean this up, but uh, he said, we're going to do all that. We'll do all that. He said, but you got to do one thing for me. What do you think it was? Beat Alabama. <laughs> Chandler? No go, idea. Go Shirley? to the tournament. You got to win something. No. He said, not not nearly this polite. He said, you need to stay the hell out of the newspaper because every time you're in the newspaper, it hurts my recruiting. Oh, yeah. And th- that, was, that was his request. Yeah. And it, uh, you know, it struck me of all the things he could say, all the things I expected him to say, that was not the one. But again, you yeah. know, he, he did not want a lot of scrutiny on the program overall. You got to be under the radar as much off the radar. Yeah. Whether it's the media scrutiny or whether it's the NCAA scrutiny or whatever. Yeah. Was that before you brought in Charles Barkley? Uh, <laughs> or after <laughs> i don't know how don't much know. Uh, that may have been a reaction to charles barkley <laughs> exactly uh the only man to coach charles barkley and terrell owens how is he still functioning mac mccarthy yeah, i have some that drive you crazy yeah, right I, I have some ticks because of those <laughs> all right let's take a break we'll come back uh more to go if you got more questions for coach mac you can get those in we'll talk about i and I want to see, Coach, I haven't dove into this too much, but what exactly is this one umbrella, the Live Tour, PGA World Tour, all forming? What does it mean moving forward? What does it mean for our guy, Harold Varner III? We'll uh, we'll dive into some of that and more on Pirate Radio Live. We roll on Hour 1 on a Wednesday after this.
You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Drive a little and save a lot at Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Uh, Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a great selection of new and pre-owned vehicles, plus offers service to all makes and models in a state-of-the-art facility. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington, or you can go online at WashingtonChryslerDodgeJeepRam.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All right, thanks, Shirley Rhodes. Got Chan, man. Shirley, you told you were told me to remember to do something so while i have it on the brain i'll do it today okay on the buccaneer music hall scoreboard presented by dub buck Buck. carson wisenhunt on the mound tonight you said making his double a debut yes he got uh, promoted just a few days ago to uh the double a richmond spiders and he will actually make his uh, that doesn't sound right what did i say richmond Richmond spiders Spiders. that's a no flying squirrels thank you it's the I said. You know what? I when I was talking to you earlier, I said Richmond Spiders. I did it again. It's the Richmond Flying Squirrels. But he is making his pitching debut tonight at six thirty-five. Will be first pitch. You probably don't like the Richmond Spiders very much, do you? No, uh, I, I I didn't when I was at VCU. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Flying Squirrels, great logo. I got to get that hat at some point. So uh, that is weird that Wisenhunt is with the Giants organization that's correct yeah they got a team in richmond but i don't know right, well that's way down on the things we need to fix list yeah they used, to be the Rich- they used to be the richmond braves, braves yeah back for, in the for, forever that's right they still play at the diamond although it's gone uh, undergone many renovations thank goodness all right there you go uh richmond flying squirrels expert mac mccarthy joining us here in studio today uh coach got some questions for uh you rolling in on youtube this one, uh, conference tournaments. Is uh, Jamie says most coaches, it seems like, are not fans of conference tournaments. I don't know if that's true or not. He says at least uh, at the larger conferences. What is your opinion of conference tournaments? I think they've outlived their usefulness. Um, they've created a lot of excitement through the years, and it's still fun to watch those uh, those smaller leagues where yeah. only one team can get in. Although, I think the smaller leagues are really the ones that are getting hurt by the conference tournaments. They don't always send their best representative. When I was at Chattanooga, we won nine championships in 12 years, but we only won five conference tournaments. So we only went to the NCAA only five times. But uh, but because of that, the, the best representative did go and now you don't have the best chance to to win and to advance and to create more money so i think it's a losing proposition for the smaller terms now the bigger terms it's the bigger conference tournaments it's negative for the ones that are already in you know you, you don't have anything to gain really right. maybe seeding but it, it's still good for those marginal those bubble teams we've worn that out but but for those bubble teams to go to the tournament and get a win or two against teams that are already in the tournament may not be highly motivated uh, you know it, it's again the rich get richer in those situations now that's a good point and you would think the better 
determining figure on if your team is the best or not is a an entire 30 games instead of three or four uh so i mean would you make that change if you were in charge regular season champion goes to the tournament i would and, and yeah. the, the other thing about the, most of the smaller conference tournaments they they're not money makers you see a lot of them with empty stands yeah. now there are a few exceptions the but, ones on the home courts are packed to the gills yeah. but you know that's one fan base kind of being yeah. taken over and that's not that you know that's great for tv and, and great for the higher c right. you know so there are some pluses but it, of course it, it's not a true tournament kind of atmosphere either. right all right uh good question good answer uh from coach mac we got to questions rolling in of course <laughs> does terrell owens get a bad rap or is his rap deserved <laughs> what do you think coach I don't know what you know. He he did some outrageous stuff with popcorn and Sharpie and which and that was star, fun. That was but, fine. But yeah. I didn't I didn't think any of that was really bad. He's always been a good teammate. He's always been a great player. Um, you know, I don't I don't know what the real complaint about it is unless he's not on your team, right? Uh, you know, I know I know a lot of Cowboy fans who who didn't like him but uh, loved him when he played for them. Uh, but uh, you know, certainly one of the best. Res- receivers of all time by by any uh, stretch of the imagination by any uh measurement what that you want to have and still like in incredible shape if you follow it all on social media that guy is, is just a freak of nature and um and i know all the good that he does and he and he's diversified he's gone done a bunch of things he's been a reality tv guy he's got <laughs> his own winery he's got uh he's got a candle factory he's got all kind of money making things going on so the you think think it had a happy ending the career the life of to like he's he's doing good now i think history will treat him pretty well okay i was not a fan because i didn't really care for the niners but then of course cowboys eagles i hate those teams so was never a fan i did like I, i liked his brashness and stuff because that makes it fun for me i want my team to sack the quarterback and get in his face like i know it's taunting and maybe it's not great but I like those things as a fan. It gets me excited. Uh, so that I love me some me and all that stuff. Uh, posing at the star uh, and getting hit by George T. That was hilarious uh, to me. So <laughs> I found that. And, and really, I gained a lot of respect for him when he played on the broke leg in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And you had McNabb like throwing up in the huddle and T.O.'s on half a leg. Yeah, playing, and, like, so. and like you mentioned, the stuff, the outrageous things that he did were were almost always fun kind of things. Yeah, they were yeah. they were non serious kind of things. He's dancing with the pom poms with the cheerleaders, like that was that was funny. And, and was. certainly, you can't fault his effort ever. Yeah, he uh, he gave it. So, uh, yeah, good question, Coach Mac uh, has coached some interesting folks over the years. Uh, to being one of those, he also has. He asked, did you console Terrell? That's a weird question, Jamie. Uh, When he had his press conference, when he was talking about, that's my quarterback. That's not fair. That's my quarterback. (laughs) He's a very emotional guy, I guess, fair to say. He is. He is. It's Terrell, not Terrell. Did I say Terrell? You've alternated back and forth. Man, okay, my bad. Terrell. Uh, Thank you for getting that right. Did you make that mistake ever? I'm sure I did. I'm sure I did. I'm sure I called him a lot worse, too. And and by the way, for folks wondering, why why did Coach Mack coach T.O.? Because he played basketball at Chattanooga. How good, if he'd have focused just on basketball, could he have been a, a pro? As long as he's not listening to this, no. Yeah, no. No. He, he made he, the right call. He thinks he should have been. Right. Hey, um, I spoke, um, I was one of the speakers at his induction into the Hall of Fame. And at uh, the, the school? No, the NFL Hall at of Fame. At the NFL Hall of Fame? Yeah. 
Canton? All right. He didn't do, He didn't go to Canton. He did it at Chattanooga. Oh, okay. He 10-4. did a separate one. Yeah. He, he did it separately. He didn't go to Canton because he thought it was all politicized. That's right. That's right. But uh, my opening line was, if you had just listened to me and focused on basketball, all this wouldn't have been necessary. <laughs> there you go. It would have just been a... Uh, another uh, another guy, as they say. He was a great team member. He 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 really made us better. I don't think he ever played more than ten minutes a game or something like that. But uh, he competed so hard in practice and especially in the weight room. Uh, he would embarrass you and he could really guard you. Uh, but but he wasn't uh, he wasn't exactly gifted offensively. Yeah, he he found his niche and that was being an All Pro, uh, one of the great wide receivers in NFL history. Mac McCarthy joining us. Coach Mack, as we uh, look at the headlines, came out yesterday that the Live Tour, the PGA Tour, the World Tour will all play, they'll all be under one umbrella now. First of all, there, there's a lot. I see Rory McIlroy coming out and says he, uh, quote, is a feels like a sacrificial lamb, uh, still hates the Live Tour. Uh, you've got guys on the other side, Bryson DeChambeau, saying this is great. So, first of all, what is this going to look like moving forward? Are we still going to have separate tournaments? I, I know they're all going to meet in the majors and play, and that's a, a main thing in this, but, but where are we with all this right now? Yeah, and I don't know all the details. I was trying to watch some of it before I came on the show. They had Monahan, uh, who is the uh, evil uh, empire today, uh, you know, in a lot of people's eyes. But uh, he was trying to explain what it would look like going forward. It sounds like it, it won't look much different than it does right now, other than there'll be more back and forth and more mm-hmm. interaction uh, for the players from that perspective. But uh, it, it, there were a couple things that came to mind. Number one. A lot of this was driven by the fact that we were going to be besieged with lawsuits forever. There was going to be no end to both sides suing each other. Uh, so they had to come to some kind of agreement. Um, you know, the second thing is that the PGA was being a little bit exposed, you know, for hypocrisy because they took the high road. They, they took the stand that, that this is blood money, whether it's, uh, you know, the, the, the writer who was killed or whether it was the 9-11 connections with the Saudis. Uh, they took the high road. But then when you start looking a little deeper into some of their big sponsors, they all have Saudi ties too. And then the ultimate thing, and, and we're gonna, we'll say this a thousand times, the answer is money. What's the question? Because <laughs> because they took they took profit over principle, which uh, I hate that, and I hate for guys like McElroy, Tiger, Speed, the guys that were loyal. They're the they're the only losers in this yeah, deal. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody else, you know, they had their know, cake and eat it too yeah, and everything now. They they did, you know, from from Varner to, yeah. to Mickelson to Norman to whoever. And uh um, you know, and glad for those guys that they'll be back in the PGA, but uh oh you gotta hold your nose when you do this. I I really I, you know, I don't follow pro sports a ton. I do yeah. follow golf, do follow tennis, uh and follow the rest of it during playoffs and that kind of thing. But but I'm going to have trouble watching the run-of-the-mill tournament. Now, when it gets to the Masters and the British Open and the, the U.S. Open, uh, you know, it'll be hard to pass those up. And one thing I'll say this. You know, all the crap that's going on in college athletics, when you watch the game, it's still great. Yeah, yeah. 
and it'll be the same thing in golf i have to i, I say that quite a bit when there's a lot of griping about and I, you bring up conference expansion before the show and i'm like oh god do we have to talk about i just hate that topic um I, part of it is because it's never good for east carolina uh the other part is it's just i hate that that, that schools and teams get propped up because they join a league today like they were nothing yesterday or they joined a league a hundred years ago that that too there's that part of it too that just because you were almost born into it like royalty in in england or whatever like you're you're just because you were born into this you're it means you're something it doesn't but it bothers me that part of it bothers me um but these topics like this when when they come up i say I, i just i just like enjoying saturdays like turning on the tv and there's games on all day long i love doing the pregame show for ecu football if it was just that it, it would still be awesome but it's not just that there's so much uh, other stuff around it yeah when i'm when i'm watching the games i'm not thinking of transfer portal nil no. conference expansion uh you know pay for play unionization all the lawsuits i'm not thinking about those things and um and unfortunately or fortunately that it'll be the same way with the golf situation going forward people are gonna people are gonna file that away and uh, and it, it won't affect them after a while there'll be protests and uh, and they'll be some people who uh who permanently reject it i like i said i've tried to put a lot of thought into it and it'd be hard for me to pass up watching the majors yeah and why why is it that you are not as connected to pro sports as uh, pro team sports sounds like you're into the individuals but why not uh as you once were uh i don't know you know i it was easier to follow pro sports back in the day when there were 10 nfl teams or 10 <laughs> nba teams you know you you knew every player on every team and uh we're not wearing leather helmets anymore the, coach come on <laughs> no no i understand that and uh and and certainly all the sports have improved in a lot of different ways but um it was easier when when free agency came and people were able to change change rosters and uh you know it, it lost a little bit of the luster but the other part of that is I've never worked anywhere but on college campuses. I've only worked since right. since the day I left college. I never left a college campus uh, to to some degree, whether it be in in TV or radio or administration or coaching. Um, you know, the first thirty of those fifty years or so were coaching, but uh, I I just love the college atmosphere, and um, I know it's not as pure as the driven snow and uh, <laughs> and the amateurism is certainly in question uh, maybe that'll change for me too but uh, i just enjoy that a whole lot better than i do the pro one thing about pro sports we like to like you said get to know the players on every team and part of that is players being able to to keep our teams being able to keep the players they draft i always thought there should be something and maybe there are minor details in this but something where like in the nfl if you draft a guy and you're you're going to re-sign him, you get some kind of salary cap bonus or whatever where you can keep your guy and pay him what he wants, pay him what and you get rewarded for drafting basically and you get to keep your nucleus together. There's like billions of dollars in the NFL and I understand why they have a salary cap, but I feel like there would be more interest if fans knew who was on every team and to do that you reward good drafting and are able to keep your guys 
and pay them what they want and still kind of remain in the salary cap. You know what I'm saying? Like you get you get a hometown discount basically to keep your guy, but he's still making the money he wants to make. Yeah, I don't I, know. I, I think I thought they had that. There's probably something like that, yeah. but I just hate when we can only afford to keep one of our good draft picks. Something. Yeah, like now that. I do think it's limited. I don't think it's every. I would every like to expand that. Yeah. I don't. Would it make a difference? I don't know. But there is something to like when I was a kid. I, like you said, I knew. And this was part video games, this was part baseball cards, but knew everybody's lineup, knew everybody's uh, roster, and now I couldn't name, you know, five guys on every MLB team, other than the Braves, pretty much. Yeah, and, you know, we've had this discussion before, too, is that uh, how, how much of the popularity of pro sports is tied directly to fantasy sports? Quite a bit. And uh, gambling in general. Now, I, I do separate it. I'm not one of those guys that, you know, wants my fantasy team to win more than my favorite team. But it is a huge <laughs> part of it. And I I like fantasy sports, Coach, because a part of my childhood when the Redskins were got bad after their Super Bowl runs, by week 10, I was done. Like, what am I watching for now? My team's yeah. out of it. Now I've got my own team to at least pay attention to. So it does serve a purpose. But, man, it is, it, it's out of control. Gambling uh, is out of control. And, and we're, I'll, I guess I'm part of the problem if I'm saying that because I love talking fantasy and I love talking gambling here on this sports show. And I think the, tennis, uh, the North Carolina legislature just passed uh, the sports gambling today chandler we won't have to drive up to virginia to make our bets anymore gas money equal equals save <laughs> that's right coach we used to go every day after work and we'd go right across the state line and hold our phones out and we could mobily bet uh in virginia now we can stay home yeah literally you could do that <laughs> you could yeah we you could <laughs> coach. <laughs> we joke about it but yeah uh, we won't have to drive to virginia anymore to it place was a haul every day bets. yeah it was uh, it was tough um, yeah, but the, the, you know your point though back to your previous question about the conference tournaments so that's another argument for the conference tournaments is that you've still got a chance even if you suck the whole season we had somebody talk about when Tulane knocked ECU out of the baseball tournament I saw somebody say you know if you go win 18 games and lose 40 you have no right to be in a regional this is bogus and I I immediately said I disagree with that I love that I love the underdog story and all that um, now, a lot of these baseball tournaments, Coach, go different formats. And like one conference, uh, the CAA maybe only takes six teams. So they keep out some of the bottom teams where a two-lane wouldn't even have a shot. So I, I still I like the conference tournaments because I do like the, the underdog, the Cinderella's and stuff. I do totally get your point that it's not fair that a, a team wins 27 games in the regular season and is left home because they're not one of the big boys. So nothing's perfect. We live in an imperfect world coach i hadn't noticed that <laughs> uh coach mac uh, has fans destry says love having coach mac on the show he's been around and can tell us what's really up <laughs> i'll be glad to try uh and we'll take a break here's a question uh eric says has coach mac been able to keep in touch with former assistant larry epperly his son tyler was a groomsman in my wedding uh he's a real cool cat man <laughs> You got that, Charlie? He's a cool cat, man. Thank you. Coach Epperly, you uh, kept <laughs> up do. with him at all? I do. Uh, he, he's been coaching high school basketball in uh, Charlotte and uh, finally retired. His, uh, his son-in-law and daughter have a ha- um, home-building uh, 
company that he's been you know contributing to and uh tyler uh, has been in coaching until just recently took a job in the in the uh private business kind of side doing right. they're doing well they all live just uh just across the border from charlotte good stuff let's take a break we'll come back one more segment with coach mag mccarthy here coach mag gonna join us every tuesday at three o'clock moving forward so we're gonna have a lot of fun talking sports life We'll find out what he's watching on TV. All that when we return. Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The best place in Greenville to unwind after work and have fun is AJ McMurphy's. AJ's has daily food and drink specials and an awesome patio. Perfect for some outdoor dining. There's something for everyone every weeknight, including sports trivia with our very own Clip Rock. AJ's has live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and brunch every Sunday. Make today an AJ's day. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you. Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. A few more minutes to go with Coach Mac McCarthy as he will join us moving forward every Tuesday at 3 o'clock talking sports, big picture, and uh, and otherwise. And we'll uh, we'll get through the summer. with uh, And I want to talk about some, uh, some old stories you got too, Coach. Uh, let's see. Got another question coming in. We've got a diehard Indiana fan tuned in. Like he's a, he said, he's also a diehard ECU fan. I don't know how that happens, but uh, he said, Coach Matt coaching the Bob Knight era. What is your opinion of Bob Knight? Uh, he was a great coach. Um, he had incredible teams. Um, he probably overstayed his welcome a little bit in terms of uh, you know how he saw the game and how he did things. But uh, no question about. You know the the kind of X and O guy he was, and um, and the kind of motivator that he was too. Uh, he motivated a whole lot of different characters, and um, uh, we played against his team. I, I coached the team of Virginia Tech, and we were really good. We were back in the top twenty days. We were an independent. We we were. We were really, really good. Beat Florida State. We beat Oregon with Ron Lee and Greg Ballard, who none of the listeners have ever heard of. But they were two All-Americans. We beat them by like 30. And the next night, we played Indiana in the uh, in the, the team that won every game. The team that went oh, yeah. whatever and oh. Uh, Benson. Uh, uh, gosh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank now. Wilkerson, May, um, uh, Quinn Buckner, and Abernathy was the starting five. Uh, all of them, all Americans. They beat us 101 to 74, but it could have been 101 to 24 if they had wanted it to be. It, it, they could have beat us any any number that you want. Of course, nobody beat them anyway. But uh, great story. His, his legacy is a little bit soiled, but yeah. but he is responsible for most of that himself. Uh, he's been incredibly nice to me on multiple occasions. The guy I worked for, the guy I got my first job for, Don DeVoe, uh, was a Bobby Knight assistant, and they played together uh, at Ohio State, and he worked 
worked with him at Army and uh, uh, worked back at Ohio State. So uh, so I did have some some access there and spoken at numerous clinics with him. And again, he's always been extremely nice to me. But he kind of led, kind of kind of self inflicted all the wounds sure. that he had. You mentioned uh, he was a great motivator. One time during a press conference, he brought a whip on the stage to show his motive. So he. Uh, yeah, I've, I've heard good, I've heard bad stories uh, when it comes to people that know Bob Knight over the years. Um, mentioned uh, Larry Epperly a moment ago, and uh, one of my favorite assistants, a guy I talked to a lot on Pirate Radio back in the day, was Daryl LeBerry, because I, I remembered him as a player. Um, and when he joined the staff, I was like, hey, okay, I know this guy. I got to know him a little bit. Glad to see him uh, coaching again. He'll be with Ron Hunter at Tulane. And uh, how about Tulane basketball coach? Ron Hunter's got it going there. They've been. They've gone from, okay, this is an easy win, uh, hopefully on ECU schedule, to a really good team. Yeah, Ron's done a good job everywhere he's been, whether at IUPUI, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, Georgia State, where he and Daryl coached before. Uh, and now I'm glad to see Daryl back in the college game. Daryl LeBerry is a is a really good man, a really good basketball coach, and uh, um, enjoyed having him on my staff. We stay in touch. Uh, got a great family, and uh, uh, college basketball is better with Daryl LeBerry coaching. Yeah, I'm, uh, I like that move by the Green Wave and Coach Ron Hunter. Uh, we are about running out of time here coach um, we'll do this first so you brought up the super regionals coming up and you had nine of the top 16 advancing well what did you you made that note what do you think of that number yeah i I was a little bit surprised i just thought it would be more um you know and and, you know seven folks that that weren't in that group uh advanced and some really interesting you know southern miss goes to auburn and wins uh that regional and auburn shouldn't have been hosting anyway but the the chair committee was their ad so you know you we can talk about politics and sports (laughs) all we want but uh the tennessee then has to go to Southern Miss. Southern Miss ranked a little bit higher. Uh, Southern Miss Stadium actually seats more than the Tennessee Stadium, but I think they've been very selective about who they're selling tickets to, and the Tennessee fans are not happy about that because they travel pretty well. But uh, uh, Tennessee upset last year in the Supers yeah. by Notre Dame. This year, maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll avenge that. Southern Miss hosted a Super Regional last year, and they were favored and got upset by Ole Miss. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they handle things the southern miss coach is retiring after 14 years and uh, i'm sure he'd like to go out by going to to omaha that's going to be a fun one to watch similar to uh texas big brand big orange going to east carolina last year in a super regional so i'll be rooting for southern miss our former uh, conference usa member uh and foe uh back in the day coach before we let you go uh what are we watching on tv these days What's on the uh, uh, docket? You know, I'm a huge NASCAR guy. Yeah. You know, and I watch everything that moves. You know, the truck series, the Xfinity series, the cup series. They go to Sonoma this week where my guy is pretty darn good, a guy named Kevin Harvick. There's been a lot of fighting going on these last few weeks, haven't there? Uh, there's been a little fighting Saw going some on. Fist and thrown, some suspensions some... going on. And uh, and uh, and Kyle Busch, the, the, you know, another evil empire guy, uh, you know, has won three races already this season, which, you know, I hate that. <laughs> when you go what's your next race you're going to uh i think maybe richmond late in june okay all right good deal uh any, no tv shows what are you watching during the week 
Oh, yeah. I stream a lot of stuff. What you got? Give me a recommendation. Well, the one that I just hated that everybody else liked, Succession. Not, I mean, th- I've never seen a TV show with not one person with one redeeming quality. It is an unlikable bunch. Yeah, yeah. There's nobody on the show that you could like. I like the show. I could see why people, I can't relate to it. It's a bunch of billionaires acting like jerks, and it's nothing I come across in everyday life. But uh, I did enjoy the the drama of it. I guess you did. You just couldn't find anything to to grasp onto. I hung in there and hung in there and hung in there, and at the end, I, I know I wasted many hours. <laughs> there were no heroes. There were no, no. Uh, you know, n- nobody to root for. You're right about that. So, all right. Anything next on the list? What's uh? What are you and the wife watching? Uh, just finished one that's really good. Don't even know what it's on, but uh, and now I'm reading the book. It's called the The Last Thing He Told Me. That's on Apple TV. Is it? And I've seen a couple episodes. It's so you... really good. Okay, and, the, and right. the book is even better. I'm halfway through the book. Jennifer Garner, I believe, was on the show. Yeah, she yeah. is on the show. All right, good deal. I'll uh, I'll finish watching that so we can talk about it at our book club. I'm not going to read it but I'll watch it. <laughs> I'm a millennial or whatever. Coach, had fun with you this hour, man, and we'll do it every Tuesday at 3 o'clock moving forward. I'm looking forward to it. All right, man. Thank you very much. Coach Mac McCarthy joining us here on Pirate Radio Live. When we return, we'll talk to uh, Wednesday regular Patrick Mason back from Charlottesville. We'll recap the regional, the season, and look ahead, 2024 ECU baseball. We got Coach Mike Houston coming up later on, so we'll talk a little Pirate football as well. Soup Boy, Patrick Mason, joins us after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your business needs. Let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Thinking about takeout tonight? Well, Familia can make everything real easy for you with a great selection of Italian food and more. Visit FamiliaNC.com to see the full menu featuring pizzas, pastas, salads, and homemade desserts. Place your order online or call 689-6330 and Familia will have your order ready in their convenient drive through window for pickup. Finish up a busy day with a great dinner for yourself or your family with Familia. Familia on Fire Tower Road near Pitt Community College. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Brock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Things getting soupy here in the Pirate Radio studios as Patrick Mason joins us. Hello, Patrick. What's up, man? Kind of soupy um, overcast weather we're having with the smoke rolling in. It reminds me of a a thick chowder. Yeah, I actually had a broccoli cheese soup for lunch, believe it or not. Sounds good. Sounds good. So we've got some uh, interns in the house today. We've got Connor and we've got Joey. Joey. I was thinking um, like on Wednesdays, one, one week, we should have... Connor or, and or Joey go out and just travel Greenville and try to find Patrick Mason the best soup in town. Ooh, I like that. And we don't tell them where to go. We don't tell them anything. We're just like, look, you guys, we'll give you some cash. Bring us back the best soup you can find. 
You they're all that, bored. That's the way to do it too. Just have no direction. Just, yeah, you got to go find it, and you can find some gems that way. I'm sure. Right. By, by the way, I went to Familia last night, and that was the live read that Shirley just read. But I got the Buffalo Chicken Pizza, which is the pizza of the week, by the way, for twelve bucks. So did I. This is not a bit. We I had the same thing. Uh, delicious. But when I got there and sat at the bar to wait for my pizza, the guy was like, "Are you getting the soup?" And I <laughs> the said, soup. "What guy?" Some random guy, the guy, guy, the the soup, the soup. Give us some details. This guy, this guy's (laughs) name was John. I met his name. I met him. His name was John. Did he work there? No, he was. He was a patron. He was sitting there drinking a beer, drinking a Rolling Rock, and was like, "Hey, are you getting the soup?" I was like, "No, I'm getting the pizza of the week." And he's like, "You got to try the soup. The soup's really good." I think it was like tortellini, but it made me think of Patrick Mason last night. So you didn't get the soup? No, I, I had my mind set on the pizza. Interesting. You're not living that soup life. You're not. Nah. Yeah. Great story though. Yeah. It had me on the edge of my I seat. I almost got. I almost ordered something. I didn't know. Well, it, you brought up soup. We had Patrick Mason on. It so had I a had twist to... ending. It didn't have a happy ending per <laughs> se, but I thought you were going to try the soup and maybe even have some for nah, us. It's a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. All right. Fair my enough. mind was set on the buffalo chicken pizza. It was good. Twelve dollars for a large. Can't can't mm. beat it. Can't beat that. All right, Patrick, we will talk some Pirate Baseball and Pirate Football during this hour. And if folks have questions, they can get those in. Uh, we got some Coach Mac fans. That is very good to see. Um, and Coach Mac will be joining us Tuesdays at 3 o'clock moving forward. P. Mace joins us on Wednesdays. And William says, I f- finally got to meet Mason and I... Ige? I don't know what this name is. Some other name. Um, Mason and another guy this past weekend said you were a nice fellow. Yeah. I saw him on the concourse, I'm pretty sure. If that's the same fellow we're talking about. But yeah, yeah. Met some uh, Pirate Radio fans out there and some P. Mason fans. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that was really awkward hearing you call yourself that. Did it, was it awkward to you to, for it, you to say it? It was. It, you know, it didn't want to come out naturally, <laughs> no, but it, it did. You kind of stuttered. Yeah. So you got P. Mace fans out there now? Yeah, I guess so. They're, All right. There's not too many, but they're, they're floating around. But they're passionate. Yes, very passionate group, for yeah. sure. That is, uh, that's our hallmark. That's the calling card. <laughs> that's great to hear. All right, so uh, we'll, I guess we'll recap the regional. We'll recap the season. I have your over-unders here. Ooh, yeah, I'd like to see how that went. We'll go down your list and see how you did uh, nice. back in February. But, Patrick, man, a uh, lot of good. Beating down Oklahoma twice was really fun to watch. It was. It was It was really good. Um, just they, they outplayed them. I think the whole the time coming in, everyone was worried about Oklahoma's speed and just the way they can run the bases and – you know, turn some big in, or some innings into big innings with the speed, but you know that that didn't happen at all. You know, Justin Wilcoxon shut down whatever run game they had, and ECU just kind of hit the crap out of the ball. Yeah, it was great to see the bats get going and to put them away uh, in both games. And then you had one and a half classics with Virginia, really two classics. Yeah. I mean, they were great games. The, the Saturday game was awesome and and Garrett Saylor was coming off his best performance of his pirate career and he goes out there and and spins another gym for the guys he did and I guess we're talking about pitching I thought Zach Root man in that second game was just lights out and especially for a freshman in that moment against one of the you know arguably better best lineups in the country just to go out and allow one run I mean yeah like you said it was basically two classics I mean one run games for you know what 15 16 innings of those two so it, it was a really uh, good showing i think i keep going back to it zach root the one run that scored on him was a guy he struck out 
Yeah, I mean, yeah he had to get, life isn't fair. Right, he had to get four outs in that inning, which is is tough. <laughs> and uh, and the way Virginia hit, so they went into it. I believe I kept hearing the number one batting average team in the country, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like we held them down quite a bit. Now you were live there, myself and the people that were hanging out with us, watching on on Facebook and uh, YouTube. When that ball was hit off of Ginn mm-hmm. in the second game, um, I I clapped. I was like, all right, we got our fly ball. Let's get out of here. And then I saw the outfielders going back, and it was a home run. And people who watched it on TV thought the same thing. Ellery said it was smacked. He knew it was a home run. How about you being there live? The thing, it, it didn't sound like a home run. It was so you know you can hear sounds, but the way I guess that it didn't go as high as you thought. So it was I thought it might have been caught at the warning track. Just the way that park kept everything in all weekend, um, but it, it did keep going. It just kept carrying. But yeah, I guess right off the bat, I didn't think it was gone immediately Man, either. That was uh, that was a killer. The the home run off Spivey did look like a home run. Yeah, and for sure it was. By the way, still still talks about this was that an inside the park home run or a home run so it, it was reversed or i guess the official scoring was a home run yeah okay a regular you know regular home run now at the time was there an, an umpire going like this no at the time the umpire didn't make a signal but you know looking back on it i guess that's why riley johnson right get up that was my next question did riley johnson know it was he, a home yeah run? he must have knew 100 percent it wasn't a home run because he was sitting there at the base of the wall just looking around and at first i thought is he injured did he hurt something why isn't he going after this ball but he must have saw it hit the and i i never saw any of the other outfielders on the camera because it was kind of zoomed in on mm-hmm. riley did anybody else like run for the ball no so it, that's why the whole time i'm like are they just are they giving up is riley hurt <laughs> yeah, like they're gonna walk off the field yeah it was weird so like we got clarification in the post-game press conference that uh, it was the official scoring was reversed or changed, I guess, to a, a regular home run. All right, question for Patrick: What do you think the ratio of Virginia fans to ECU fans was in their games? Uh, maybe like 75, 25, 80, 20. Like yeah. to be honest with you, there was there was a ton of Virginia fans. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I like that it was loud both ways. Virginia yeah. did something, you could hear the roar. ECU does something, you can hear it. Right, and that, that's no knock against Pirate fans. I mean, there was honestly maybe thirty total Oklahoma fans, <laughs> like. The pirate fans definitely showed out pretty well, and they were loud. I mean, we had, there was purple gold chants going on. There was clapping. Um, the thing about like the Virginia fans, they're not like lively or rowdy throughout the game. Right. Like, they get super loud when something good happens for them, but it's not like you're at Clark Leclerc and everyone's on their feet screaming the whole time. So it was a different kind of atmosphere, but it was definitely pretty pretty intense. How would you summarize the 2023 ECU baseball season, Patrick? I would summarize it as a really good season. I they win forty seven games, um, made another regional final for the fourth time or fourth you know year in a row. Um, I, I think it was a, a successful year for sure. I, I I don't think there's any reason to to hang your head too much. Like I, I think this regional was properly seated. The best team won, in my opinion. Um, I mean Virginia was really good. Um, but yeah, I mean to win forty-seven games and uh, to do what you did, um, I think you got to be proud of that. And you know, there's not much else you can do. Virginia is really good, and they have some really good players. That Teal guy is an absolute menace. Yeah, everywhere I've seen, you know, he's a top five, six player in the MLB draft coming up. I mean, that's a legit dude. And they, had, you know, the guy ahead of him, Jake Geloff, is another top thirty MLB talent. Yeah, I mean, those guys, you know, especially 
in the first inning, you have to essentially face both of them. I mean, that's just that's so nerve wracking to get through that part of the lineup. And I mean, Kyle Teal is running around. He's got more energy than I've ever seen in my life, and he's just a terrific hitter. Maybe on some sort of stimulants. No <laughs> guy has all that naturally. For he a, is jumpy for a catcher too. You know, I know. You, you don't see that from catchers. Maybe like a second baseman or a center fielder. But that dude was all over the place, man. But he can sure hit and. The whole team can hit. Yeah, I was impressed with them. And really, I was impressed with ECU's pitching, the way they held down Virginia for an entire game and then for a lot of game two. And I'm not I'm not saying the pitching was the problem. I mean, ECU's got to score more runs against uh, those teams. you got to score more than one to beat Virginia. And I actually said the other night that you need – seven runs i think i said maybe eight to to win that game virginians up scoring eight so you needed nine if you're east carolina but uh you look at the other tournaments going on the games we watched uh squeeze play all weekend i don't know how much you kept up with it being in charlottesville patrick but there were you know 15 20 runs scored in some games out there <laughs> yeah a ton of runs everywhere yeah every time like espn would do you know a couple boxes i'd, I'd see some stuff but um pitching was not i guess a strength for many teams in the regional right. round like there was so much offense. So, yeah, like you said, I mean, for ECU to hold Virginia to, what is that, maybe 10-ish runs or whatever it was in a couple games, that you got to feel really good about that. But you do have to hit more. You, you can't just hope to. I mean, when you're winning 2-1, to one, yeah, you're feeling good. Like, hey, we got a chance. But you got to put up more than two runs. All right, Patrick Mason joining us. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We will look back at Patrick's over-unders and how he did on that. We'll also take a peek into what 2024 may look like for ECU baseball. Talk a little pirate football as well and more. If you got questions or comments, you can get those in Facebook and YouTube. More to go Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your business needs. Let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Watch all of Pirate Radio's local programming on YouTube Live. Uh, you can watch Pirate Radio Live Monday through Friday from 3 to 6. And, of course, uh, the Bud Light pregame tailgate and the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter on game days. All you got to do is go to YouTube, search Pirate Radio TV, click on that subscribe button, and while you're at it, click on the like button, too. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Brock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live, looking at the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dub Buck. Dub Buck. I'm seeing Nuggets minus two and a half for game three tonight. On the road in Miami. Miami does what they do. They win on the road. They've been winning, I think, game one of every series on the road up to this point. They won game two in Denver the other night to tie it at one game apiece. We'll be watching that one tonight at Sports Trivia at AJ McMurphy's. We'll get underway at 8 o'clock. We'll have hoops on, baseball on. Patrick doesn't know if his White Sox will be on because they are in New York and you've got... I don't even know what it is. What? Where is the? Uh, there's a huge fire in Canada. Yeah, I is guess that what this so. is about somewhere up in the Great White North. And they sent it down here. 
Yeah, just big old fans I heard. They're just blowing it down to us. So We should have built that wall that everybody was yeah, talking about. I know it. I would have kept the smoke out, right? Yeah, walls are pretty good about keeping smoke out, as we know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Superboy Patrick Mason here. Bo Bat says, uh, probably we've talked about this. Right, did you watch Seinfeld? Oh, yeah. Okay. Huge fan. So you are uh, you know all about Soup Nazi. Yep. Um, Newman. Man, now I can't. Um, oh, Jambalaya. He got the Jambalaya. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a bisque, I know, that Elaine wanted, I believe. Yep. That was a great episode. It One was. Of the best. Check it out. Patrick had broccoli and cheese soup earlier if you're scoring at home. I have not uh, had a good soup lately, Patrick, so maybe... Uh, yeah, I'll dive into one. I like to. I might do what I did last time. There is a um, Walmart, the one that just sells the food mm-hmm. near AJ's. Go by there after trivia, pick up that three dollar lobster bisque. It's a good move, and enjoy it for lunch tomorrow. Yeah, that's a good move. I think that's the plan. Can't go wrong. It's the plan for Thursday. Uh, how was the uh, press box food in uh, the Charlottesville Regional? It was phenomenal hospitality so it, was, it wasn't actually in the press box but you had to go it's like in left center field but i mean either way they you know they served three meals they had breakfast lunch dinner um just really good stuff got honestly. that acc money baby that's what i'm saying I, I show up and i'm like man they got it they have this like portable clubhouse they set up um you know and just had food everywhere and they had so much food they had sandwiches a lot of time for lunch they brought in um barbecue uh sunday night that was out of this world i actually had seconds it was pretty good um, so really good food good eating out there all right so uh a plus for the charlottesville regional william said uh Vir- virginia fans and carolina fans are similar how very, so i believe he's referring to just not very rowdy yeah uh very overly proper mm-hmm. kind of just maybe boring stale yeah i mean they vanilla. were they were all sitting in their seats like they were definitely using the seat <laughs> for sure but they did get super loud though when good things happened all right there you go all right let's look at your over-unders we did this uh we'll do this in august for football we got mike houston coming up later on in the show yeah, so we'll, we'll dive into some football but uh we did it for baseball back in february patrick mason uh his over-unders for ecu baseball 2023 and the first one was over-under wins and you went under 44 and a half yeah and they got 47 so uh, they, uh, that's they had a, a good big year. X. Yeah, but starting off the bat, close conference over under seventeen and a half wins. You went over. What did they end up with? Eighteen. Eighteen. That is a big got check mark. That's got good, about uh, one game. Good line right there. And I even put it lower because ECU getting twenty wins in conference play was just stupid. Yeah. And they went. We felt like they had a down year in conference, and they went eighteen and six. Right. So that's the expectation. Remember when everyone lost their minds when they was it the Houston series or something? And, and yeah, Wichita. Yeah, was Wichita. a mind loser. Yeah, it's like guys. They really had two bad weekends, right? Because they lost three there, five there, and then the other one was on the day where they played three games. Yep, to Tulane. Mm-hmm. Those were the six losses. Yeah, which it, it happens in baseball. <laughs> Houston did not lose a series all year and finished second behind East Carolina. Yeah, they could, that tells you how many sweeps ECU had. Right. Home run leader over under 17 and a half. Patrick Mason took the under and Patrick Mason is correct. The home run leader this year was Josh Moylan. This says 15. I thought he had 16. But did he have one in a regional? No. No, he didn't. So 15, I yep. guess is the number. Yeah. Uh so you were correct on that one. Home run numbers 
were at least for one player were down they, they sprinkled some throughout the lineup you had three guys double digits with Starman, Moylan, and Amac. You had a couple guys with nine, Wilcoxon and Jacob Jenkins Coward, who missed a little time. Carter Cunningham had eight. So you had some here and there, but no uh no major big boppers this year. Right. Yeah, I mean it was kind of spread out and JJC just I don't think he was himself really coming back from that injury. And Carter Cunningham really came on strong at the end of the year, last month and a half or so. He hit the crap out of the ball. Uh who led the team in hitting this year as far as getting enough at bats to be eligible? The answer will be Carter Cunningham, three twenty six for the Pirates this year. Uh who will lead the team in home runs? You said Jacob Jenkins Cowart, incorrect without the injury maybe yeah maybe but uh credit to josh moylan too and the power numbers he had for the pirates this year lane hoover stolen bases over under 14 and a half you went under hoove on the year had 13 Ooh, stolen bases man i gotta tell you that's some good book you're pretty making. good i'm really good at setting these numbers yeah definitely definitely <laughs> on the money there uh you get an under for that the team leader in stolen bases this year luke nowak had 20 jacob starling 19 of 20 on the base pass if you're curious curious Cur- that's how you say that word right i think so hoover could have gone over if he'd have got every base he attempted he went 13 to 16 yeah yeah, we actually asked Cliff about it uh, during the season. He said they were just like an opportunistic stealing team. Like, they didn't steal all the time, but in right situations, they'd go. So that's why, you know, Starling, really good percentage there. I went way high on Jacob Jenkins Cowart's RBIs this year, set it at 69.5. You took the under. He had 44 on the year. You got that one easily. I went way too high. Although the leader on the team was Josh Moylan with 67, so he came close to that number. And he set the conference record, too, so for rbis in a single season mm-hmm. okay yeah. i thought he had 69 he might uh, i i think these numbers these oh, numbers like are missing missing a game somewhere missing right? two games i believe because it's got them at 46 mm-hmm. and 18 so i'm missing a couple games here so there you go had 69 which would still been a half point half rbi under yep my total another good line i don't like that he, he said the conference record but should that be in conference games only? I guess not. I don't know. I just think it's weird, too, when you're adding all the postseason stuff. And Stats are weird. Tune into our interview with Carlester Crumpler on Friday. He has the record for most rushing touchdowns for ECU uh, career and has the single-season record tied. But he talked about the number of games they played back then and also said that like postseason counts now, and he didn't. So yeah. numbers are funny. You can kind of... You can make a stat look however you want it to look. You definitely can. I do that a lot with sports trivia. Like, I will pull, like, this player has the most home runs on a Tuesday. Yeah. In Baseball is Division games. Yeah. yeah. Night games against a lefty or something. And... All right. ECU wins leader for pitchers over under nine and a half. You took the over, and you are dead wrong. Mm. Now, part of this is the depth i think and you've got so many guys going from weekend to midweek but also you know winning games uh, out of the bullpen things like that trey savage was the uh was tied with the leader actually carter spivey and trey savage seven apiece so you just didn't have that dominant kind of weekend 11 and one or whatever right. i guess 
Yeah, and wins are just funky too. Oh, it's you know, weird. That yeah, if you get pulled in the fourth or something, you're not eligible, or you know, it, it's just weird too. And relievers sometimes can have you know bloated win totals because they come in in the tie game, and then you know if your team's good, you're going to get a win. And I mean, like Josh Groves only had six decisions this year. He was four and two. Yeah, that's insane. And in 15 games. Right. Uh, Trey was seven and one. Danny Beal had six wins. Uh, Landon Ginn had five wins. Jay Hunter had four wins. So, yeah, that is a very misleading stat. And those are all, like, mostly relievers, those last three names, and they got the bulk of the wins. So, so Garrett Saylor had a million appearances last year. I said his appearances this year at 36 and a half. You took the under, and he did not have to make that many appearances this year because of the depth of the bullpen. Uh, this has him at 21 Maybe he has what? Maybe another one or two yeah, in there. So but, and he also missed a couple of weeks with he, injury. Yeah, he, he did, did miss some time. Um, you took the over, so you missed on that one. But I think it went to show just how much uh, you had other options this year. For sure, it was a much different pitching look than last year. I'm interested to see how this one went. So Josh Groves, oh my goodness, bookmaker does it does it again. Over under Josh Groves strikeout seventy seven and a half. You went under. He had seventy nine. Ooh, <laughs> that's right on the money there. So uh, just missed that one, Patrick. But Josh Groves, up and down year, kind of trended downwards, I guess, towards the end. But was it was pretty solid. I still, I think MLB teams are going to like him because they like they look at him and say, what can he end up being? Yep. If he just figures out the walks, he he's a fantastic pitcher. Yeah, he looks the part. You know, yeah. He looks like a dominating pitcher, and at times he was. I mean, his stuff plays really well. It's just, you know, if he can cut down on some walks, then, you know, he's, he'll be really, really good. All right, Patrick's worst over-under. Uh, he took Jacob Starling under nine-and-a-half home runs. He finished with ten. Mm. That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's not some inexcusable. Of these, I, I mean, yeah, you're a non-believer. <laughs> that hurts me personally. You uh, had him as the breakout pick of the year, right? Yeah. yeah. 307, 10 home runs, 51 RBIs, some solid plays at second. Yeah. Was, I don't know if he was the breakout pirate, but he was up there. He, honestly, though, he, especially this weekend, just because he was a righty bat, like you felt like every time he came up, it's like, all right, now is the time we're going we're gonna to do something, or now's the time ECU is going to figure this out. If he finished with 11 home runs, we could still be playing ball right now. <laughs> he almost had that one out. Man. Warning track. I, I knew it wasn't gone, but I was hopeful. I, I knew he got under it. But, man, he just missed it. Bases yeah. juiced. In that moment, he was the perfect guy you wanted yeah. to do. With a lefty on the mound? Yep, lefty on the mound. That was like all weekend. I'm like, all right, let's get to that righty. And, you know, there he is. All right, going into the year, we were hoping for and thinking of a Josh Moylan bounce back season. I said his average, and this tells you how good he was this year. I put his average knowing he would be better at 275 over under. Patrick, you went under. Okay, this was even more egregious. Yeah, I, I did. He ended up hitting 303 he, this season. He was their best hitter, I think, all year. And he we're missing phenomenal. a couple of games, maybe even higher than that. He lower. was phenomenal. Yeah. All year. Awesome. We knew Trey Savage uh, was going to have a big year for the Pirates, set his win total at over under five and a half. You took the over. He finished with seven. And Cliff Godwin ejections. We set it at one and a half. He got one out of the way pretty early on. It was uh, Wilmington. Yeah, what was that, like the second, third week of the season? It was very early. Mm-hmm. Wilmington, and then in Fedville, he got tossed after the game. So he had at least two. Do we know if he had any more? I think two for sure. Was he yapping this weekend? Not, I mean, not, or was not it, too much. Or was it um, Clearwater? 
Clearwater with the uh, pitch, pitch clock situation. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. was asking for one there. There wasn't too many ump uh, scuffles this weekend. Yeah, but you got the over at one and a half. I think next year I'm going to bump that up to two and a half. Yeah. I mean, that's, what is it, 60 plus games yeah. to get ejected twice? That sounds about right. All right. So, Patrick, let's see how you did overall. Uh, let's see. For your wins, you got one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. Losses one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, six, six and seven. seven. Not bad. Yeah. Not great. Not great. But not terrible. How do you feel? I, I feel pretty good. <laughs> okay. That, hey, that's all I that feel, matters. I feel pretty good. That's all that matters. I mean, the the one I whiffed on for sure was Josh Moylan, but I'm I'm totally cool with that because he was great all year. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, he just had a breakout season. A return to great. I don't want to say breakout, but I mean it was. He was their best hitter. Great freshman year, mm-hmm. bad sophomore year. He'll tell you, yeah. uh, he wasn't wasn't what he wanted. And fantastic this year. Was that year good enough to get him gone from ECU baseball? Like draft wise, yeah. Uh, I would say yes. I think so too. I would say yes. Um, he he just. I mean, he has power. He the thing. Even when he was going bad last year, he would he'd take his walks. He has a phenomenal eye, and I think that's only going to improve in the, at the pro level just with better umpiring. He'll get rewarded for those calls on the edge. So he, yeah, I, I agree with that. He had so many where. And good grief, we saw it this weekend too. Pirates got to swing the bat at some of those, yeah. but a lot of a lot of corner outside corner strikes against Moylan this year. Yep, and Jacob Jenkins coward as well. Yeah, so if you get better umpiring, they're going to say, "Hey, that's off the plate by this much," and you know he's going to get rewarded for that. So. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, I got excited about this question for a moment. What was Patrick's favorite moment of the season with Clip? Uh, but then Jamie says, "Sorry, I meant Cliff." Damn. Um, <laughs> he then said, same question can be asked for Clip, too. Uh, what was your favorite moment of the season with Cliff? Um, I hate to say that. I, I just love the quote you gave at the very end uh, of the end of the season press conference about banging on the door. Um, that was pretty good. I mean, those press conferences are always really emotional, and um, I think that's when you really get to see him being real. Um, so I, I definitely enjoyed that. Uh, maybe it's sort of an overarching kind of answer to this, but I thought he had a more level sort of mindset this season. I think, I mean, this is my first time doing it last year, but he was so up and down. I thought he was, you know, very, uh, I don't know. Very, he was very up and down last season. I think this year he accepted wins and just said, yeah, you know, it's a win. And he accepted losses the same way. Hey, we got to move on. I thought he was, he did a good job of staying level. And I guess I appreciated that. Uh, also, do you see any reason why he jumped ship this year? Well, millions of dollars can make anybody do anything. Yeah, as we see in uh, the golf right now. But um, nah, I, I don't think so. I, yeah. I, my personal, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know him all that well, but I think my personal read on it is he he wants to get to Omaha with this team. Yeah. And he wants to be the guy doing it. I asked this question to Brian Bailey. I'll ask you, more, what's more likely in this scenario? Not saying it's going to happen. In fact, it, it probably won't happen. Uh, but who is most likely not to be coaching East Carolina next year, Cliff Godwin or Jeff Palumbo? Palumbo. Yeah. Like I said, I I think Cliff stays until he he gets to Omaha at the very least, and I think he's really invested in this program. And, you know, he he cares about it a lot. It's not just a a job to him. Um, I think you could tell it means more than, than just that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Palumbo, I mean, he's he's been here as long as uh, Cliff, you know, nine years. So, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of teams that would like to swipe that mind from ECU and see if they can build something similar. Now, Patrick, we look ahead and what it's going to look like next year. And we already talked about Josh Moylan if he gets drafted. And 
uh, gets the money he wants, the situation he wants. He, it's his leverage year, so he may go. Uh, if he if he stays, awesome. I would love to have him back. Really enjoyed talking to him this year. Uh, if not, you do have Cam Clanch over there, who we saw get more at bats as the year started to end, and wasn't great but we know what kind of bat he has you know for a guy to come in as cold as he has off the bench and hit uh he's been pretty phenomenal for east carolina yeah and he was a mainstay in that postseason lineup i mean he was he was the dh every single game and you know he he did show power sometimes and you know cliff said too um he was you know one of the team's better bunters too i don't know if you want cam clanch bunting all the time but um, yeah, I mean, he. I think he's be a fine replacement. And like you said with Moylan, this is the year you got to strike. He had a really good season, and we all saw what happened to Bryson Worrell last year. If you you know you stay too long, you just don't have leverage, and teams can wait on you and, and you know lowball you. I guess. And the problem is though, Worrell had his breakout year a year too late, right. whereas Moylan had his at a good time for yeah. him personally when Perfect it comes to time. his pro prospects. Um, I'll ask this question that I asked Molly yesterday. So here's just a multiple choice. Next year, we have A, Justin Wilcoxon and Ryan McChrystal on the roster. B, one of Wilcoxon or McChrystal on the, the roster. C, neither Wilcoxon or McChrystal. What's most likely? I almost have a feeling with the same thing with Moylan that Wilcoxon struck. He had a really good junior year, too. Um, I think especially defensively, he he really shined. He shut down the run game, and I think a lot of teams will look at that that defensive thing. And I, I think McChrystal is probably saying, "Hey, this is my job now." Okay, um, I will say this though: Wilcoxon with his arm, yeah, uh, he did let up a, some balls get by. Oh, for sure, and on that part of the defense, he, he did. But he got he got better at it than than last year too. I think he even cut down on that from last year. That's something you can he can work on for sure, but. And also, I mean, he's catching every one of Trey Savage's start, and that dude just has a nasty splitter. I mean, that, that's tough to handle, too. Um, but I'm going to go, at the very least, McChrystal, for sure. All right. So uh, you think one of the two will be back next year, but not both, one way or the other? Yeah, I, I just – I. <sighs> I'm curious if Wilcoxon will test the, the draft waters. Yeah. All right. Uh, as far as, you know, grows, once again, like, does he – He's probably, again, the draft's only 20 rounds now, so you have right. to factor that in. But he's a guy that, that they're going to they're gonna see the potential in and maybe go after. Just think if he's not back, though, and you have your Savage, Groves, Root, uh, all those guys back next year. Yeah, the pitching, I mean, it looks pretty solid. Yeah. Like, Root's going to slide into the weekend rotation. You got your Savage for another year, and just imagine what he can do. Um, just having another starting year under his belt. Um, I mean, Jake Hunter, he, I mean, he was throwing low 90s. I think his freshman year, he was around 88. So he added like, you know, four ticks to that fastball. Um, you know, maybe, you talking about Hunter? Yeah, Jake yeah. Hunter. So maybe he can slide in somewhere. Yep. So, I mean, there's definitely a lot of the weekend rotation looks strong, I think, for sure. Uh, very much so. All right, let's take a break. We'll switch gears, talk a little football. Mike Houston in the house. He'll join us coming up at 5 o'clock, and uh, we'll talk about uh, some of that and more. What else is going on in the world of sports? More to go with Patrick Mason here on a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this.
You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your business needs. Let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back for the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner. Be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. At PR927FM, you can join the well over 63,000 followers today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All right. Thank you, Shirley Rhodes. Back with you on Pi Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Patrick Mason hanging out. And if you ain't early, you're late. And Coach Mike Houston is here. We're going to talk to him at 5 o'clock. We're going to talk to him before that as he joins us here in the Pirate Radio studios. And, Coach, uh, busy time as always for you, so we appreciate your time uh, to come by and talk some Pirate football with us. Absolutely. Good to be here. And, uh, yeah, June's a busy month anymore. So a lot lot going on (laughs) with the program and recruiting and just uh, a lot of stuff. Patrick and I were going to talk some football, and there's nothing you love more than to hear in media people talk about your team, right? Yeah, well, you guys do a good job of it, so uh, keep everybody interested. So. Now you get a front row seat to it. And we'll get no, the- so I get to uh, critique and... Yeah, yeah. Okay. How about we just discuss it, and you guys go, when we say something incorrect about your team or roster. Uh, Mike Houston joining us, Patrick. And Patrick, we were, we were kind of transitioning from baseball into football. And I've been telling folks that, hey, if you get – and for the coaches, they're working overtime, obviously, but for fans, get through June, get through July. August is a great month. August, you're undefeated. You got fall camp. Yeah. Everybody's in a good mood. That's like a, that's some high-spirit football time, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, but especially anymore with the program. I mean, it's – you know, the kids are – I mean, we have a very solid roster. The kids are working their tails off right now. I mean, uh, you know, they're excited about the season, and uh, it's there's lots of positive energy around the building right now. Part of football is uh, replacing guys who graduate and yep. move on. You see it every year. Now, how extreme is this, Coach, with – I haven't crunched the numbers, but 90% maybe of your offensive production, maybe more. Yeah, that's what they tell me. Have you experienced anything like this before on one side of the ball? Yeah, I mean that's you know especially you know the way the the way we had guys transition to what's next. I mean it's that's something we all we all have to kind of get used to, and it's you know if if we're going to have a program that's playing at a pretty high level, uh, that means you're going to have pretty good players, and you know when you have really good players, they're going to get opportunities to play after college, and you know we we have a bunch of guys that are you know trying to make their way with the NFL right now that uh, you know carried the ball a lot for us last year and we're excited for them uh and their opportunities i've, yeah. I've kind of talked to you know all of them kind of throughout the spring and uh but you know we got guys stepping into their shoes and so now it's kind of you know the next guy's up the next guy's ready and uh those guys are excited uh so that's why i say there's a lot of positive energy around the program right now and, say, and that's a good way to lose people right is to the yeah. draft and like you just know you're on the right yeah, path no doubt point. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what uh, what our guy out there with the Seahawks does. I'm excited. I, I texted with Keaton last night. Uh, they're finishing up uh, OTAs right now. He'll be back in Greenville here in a few weeks, and so uh, just excited, you know, seeing what those guys are doing. Man, I love. I want the Ravens to go just triple option with Lamar, with J.K. Dobbins, and with Keaton Mitchell, just to see what Keaton happens. Would be one heck of a pitch back now. <laughs> no I'm doubt. Telling you, you, get, you get him the ball out in space, and that's uh, that's when he makes his money. Uh, looking forward to seeing what those guys can do 
at the next level and also uh, uh, there's a part of an excitement too we love pole nailers around here obviously but uh, something new something fresh something different there's kind of a tinge of excitement there <laughs> at the quarterback position now i don't know if you'd rather just have them for another eight years and keep winning <laughs> games but how about uh filling those shoes coach and and where you are right now with mason garcia with alex flynn with the quarterback room well you know big shoes to fill that's the first thing i mean holton had you know he had a great career but you know when he decided to come back for last season you know he came back with you know a purpose and and certainly i think he achieved what he came back to do i mean he had a phenomenal uh, senior year and so some big shoes to fill because he played so well uh but we are we are very excited about the quarterback room i mean you 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 can't help but be when uh, when you watch those guys go out there and, and, and compete and, and do the things that they do. And certainly we have a lot of confidence in both uh, Mason and Alex. Um, you know, they're 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 different. But at the same time, they both uh, can run our offense very, very well. Um, we're excited about what we've put around them. Uh, and I think they're excited about that, too. And so, uh, you know, the guys are working really hard right now just to get on the same page. Patrick, if you got a question, jump in at any time. I uh, was going to interview you, but now we're interviewing Mike Houston. Uh, how about the 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 battle there, Coach? What is that going to be like in fall camp for you when you look at, at Garcia and Flynn? Well, it's going to be like every other battle uh, in that uh, you know there's a evaluation daily, uh, and you're going to evaluate you know not just one day, but you know kind of the the whole scope. Uh, of everything and so you know the one difference between uh, that position and other positions is you know there's there's not uh, you know full contact on that position um, so that that is a, a, a little bit of a difference um, there's nothing nothing like game experience for a quarterback um, but the the positive for it is though that you know we do so much defensively and you know the offensive coaches they they really they joke about it I don't know how much of a joke it is to them but they joke about just how much you know coach Harrell throws at them uh, when we're going good on good but you know they're going to see everything you can possibly see during preseason camp um, it's just going to be you know how we tran- how they translate that and transition to you know game one uh, which is you know it's not exactly like we're kicking off with an FCS, you know, you know, win right there. You know, it's you're in Ann Arbor against one of the best teams in the country. Mike Houston joining us, coach. I think one thing players like is is when the coach practices what they preach, and when you tell somebody something that they can trust you. And you have shown that if you're a true freshman and you earn it, you can play. We saw that with Rajay and Keaton year right. one. If you're a sixth year senior and you earn it, you'll play. We saw that right. with the, so you you kind of take all that away and say who's going to practice the best. That's who's right. going to play. Um, that that has to get a lot of guys excited, whether you're just coming in or whether you've been here for a few years. Well, I think uh, it, 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 it really helps with the kind of the just the trust and, and the belief in the program. And, and but it's, you know, it's to me, it's it's the American way, you know, you know, you you, if, you, if, you, if you if you want something, you go earn it. And uh, if you don't earn it, you don't get it. Um, but, uh, you know, that's that's why you, you just, nobody can ever say there's political stuff or there's favoritism or anything like that, because the players watch the same film that the coaches do. And uh, you know you either you either do it or you don't, but you you earn the respect of the your teammates and your coaches by what you do on on the field. 
I would like to correct you on one thing. People can say it. Oh, political. they can say it. <laughs> but it doesn't mean it's true. <laughs> that just shows their ignorance, though. Uh, we have made uh, quite a few jokes about that. People calling in. Local politics, oh, but that's, that's the reason I said that. <laughs> <laughs> so People can say it. doesn't mean it's true. Yeah. Uh, and I do bring that up, too, because looking at the running back position, great example was Rajay and Keaton playing as, as freshmen. Last year, Marlon Gunn uh, right. played. And this year, yeah, you have talked about Javis Bond and, and how much you like him. And, and he do. may have a shot to, to get in the lineup. Yeah, but no. Now, he's got some pretty stiff competition yeah. in front of him. I mean, Rajay is is working his way back towards being, you know, completely Rajay again. He and I talked about it this afternoon. Just, you know, I, I still remember when we were recruiting him when he was at Burns High School. And we talked about, you know, the Gaffney game. We went and saw the Gaffney game when he had 300-plus yards rushing and just beat the tar out of Gaffney uh, at their place. And I you know, talked about his freshman year, the game down at South Florida, which was the one that kind of put him on the map. Uh, and, you know, he's excited about getting back to that Rajay Harris. And uh, so, you know, you got him, you got Marlon, you got Gerald Green. And, yeah, you got Javius Bond, who is a very, very talented freshman tailback. But uh, there's a lot of stiff competition in that room. Rajay is a guy that's got just an, an unbelievable spirit and smile. Yeah. Like, I've loved getting to know him. And right. I know, I think we've talked about it. Like, you were kind of worried about when somebody gets injured, they go to that yep. dark place. Yep. And how has he, has he come out of that? He's like, out of it. Same smile and everything. Yeah, he's out of it. Now, he was in it. Yeah. And then because, and nobody can blame you. Yeah. I mean, it's, we've, we've all, any athlete that's been injured has went through that. And, uh, but now he's back. He's smiling. You know, he, he's, you know, talking he's the he's the back to that enthusiastic leader um you know he's fully cleared in the weight room and he's fully cleared uh with some some running stuff and we're just he and i talked about this last week it's just we don't want to do too much too fast we want to make sure he's progressing upward we want to make sure he is you know fully ready to go when fall camp kicks off yeah, I was just going to say, when, when we talked to Rajay in the, the spring, you know, and he, he finally came in with a smile, and he just said, yeah. you know, how difficult it was, but just being able to run and on the field was so big right. for him, and I thought that was really cool, just seeing him have fun again in his yeah. life, because he was so disappointed, and it's understandable. Got a great uh, great head on his shoulders, and looking forward <laughs> to seeing him back on the field. Coach, uh, we'll take a break here in a moment, but as we go through, I guess, the offense right now, a lot of, obviously, uh, pass catchers leaving the program, yeah. but you've still got some around and some newcomers coming in. So, And, and we saw some of those connections, and I, I pay attention to, to names you talk about uh, during spring with Jalen Johnson, with Shane Calhoun, uh, and with others. So who are the, the guys you trust right now at that receiver position, tight end position? Well, I mean, I mean, first, I think Shane Calhoun's going to have a breakout year. I mean, he has worked so hard. He is in the best physical condition of his life. I mean, he looks incredible and running well, and uh, he's a very experienced player now. Uh, so, you know, obviously he's going to be a big piece of our offense. Um, I think Jalen, uh, you know, he, he has the ability, he has the opportunity, and he has the experience. Um, you know, my big thing with him has been just you got to do a great job with your body and you got to make sure that you're available. You know, he, he struggled a little bit being available last year. Um, you know, Josiah Hatfield and Kerry King, I mean, obviously those two are going to be huge parts of our offense. And uh, they are just – Kerry King is – I mean, you couldn't ask for a better leader than the way he conducts his business on a daily basis. He's a very driven kid and, and really demanding and high expectations of himself. So, you know, I think those guys are the returners that I think right now, uh, you know, really stand out in everything we're doing. Uh, you have, you know, a couple of new faces – 
which are extremely talented. Uh, now, you know, everything they've done is just, you know, against you know kind of air yeah. so it's not like they've went out there and played a game for us yet but boy they've got they've got the ability and and unfortunately newcomers are going to be compared to what isaiah winstead did last year which yeah. is it, it might not be normal i mean he came in and he was as advertised and he was right. awesome and and uh you hope everybody can come in and be like that just like that but does not not always the case well i mean i think that keelan and chase both um have the talent there's no doubt. And, and Keelan's been, uh, you know, Chase was a freshman last year at Colorado. Keelan's been in, in a college football program for a couple of years, and he looks it. I mean, he is an impressive-looking athlete. Um, both of them are very smart. Um, I, I do think that you'll see both of them be a big part of our offense this fall. We'll get to the O-line. We also got a lot of questions coming in on YouTube. We'll jump to those, too. Patrick, we'll let you run as uh, – you have no Chicago White Sox baseball to watch tonight, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, any other input for us? You yeah, know, what do you get offensively, <laughs> Patrick? So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just looking forward to the running back position. Really, <laughs> I mean, first play against Michigan. What would you tell Donnie and, and Coach to call? Oh man, man, just a stretch run play. <laughs> stretch run. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, you're not going to get the fan base excited about a <laughs> yeah, stretch run. Yeah, but you don't have play. to get the fan base excited yeah. right away on play okay. one. There's plenty of plenty of football. I mean, Mason could probably throw it 70 yards in the air. <laughs> oh yeah, I like that. so. Yeah, we can just play two. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, if you call fair catch on the kickoff, they'll put you at the, what, 25? Have him throw it yeah. to their five. Yeah, touchdown. Did they do 25 now? Is it 25 or 30? What is uh, it? Well, it depends if, it, if it's a touchback in the end zone or a fair catch yeah. or whatever. Uh-huh. So, yeah, 25. Throw the yeah. bomb, coach. Yeah. Throw the bomb. <laughs> All right. One bomb. P Mace, we'll uh, talk to you next week, man. Sounds good. Enjoy the soup. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, and Coach Mike Houston will join us for another segment when we return. If you want to get some questions in, you can do that uh, on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter as well. We'll take a timeout, come back. More to go Pirate Radio Live after this. Can I get through days when I can't get through hours? You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Russell's Clothing in downtown Washington has everything you need for game day or any other day for men and women. Whether it's dress, casual, or even a formal occasion, Russell's has you covered. Russell's has served Eastern North Carolina and beyond for 40 years with quality clothing and personal service. Russell's Clothing on Main Street uh, Main Street, rather, in downtown Washington, Pirates supporting Pirates. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Brock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Great to have Coach Mike Houston hanging out with us. We appreciate his time here on the show today to talk some Pirate football as we tie a bow on the ECU baseball season and uh, the athletics calendar for 2022-2023. And, Coach, uh, another great run for Cliff Godwin's guys that unfortunately yeah, ended in a regional championship. Yeah, you know, that's just that, – that, that game Saturday night was tough. You know, that's the one that really – you know, because you you had you had the chances to win it, but uh, you know what a great year that they had again. And I know everybody's disappointed that we didn't host or we didn't have a super regional. But I mean, what you won forty seven games. Yeah, 
I mean, that's not too shabby. And so. we, we kind of looked at it when we came in on Monday, just looking back at the athletics year as a whole, and right. you guys winning a bowl game, first right. time since 2013. Right. Uh, man, the run Kim McNeil's team went right. on, that was a lot of fun. Mike Schwartz winning a postseason game in the tournament. It feels like we're on a, a pretty good run here. Well, going. I mean, you've, you've got you've – got both basketballs i feel like are in a very positive place you know football's in a very positive place you got baseball in a very positive place i feel like women's soccer is in a very positive place i mean gary has done a great job with that program and they're playing at a high level lacrosse you know had a great spring yeah. so i just i think there's just so much positivity around the athletic department and all the programs mike houston joining us uh surely i got a clip say from earlier today you got that ready to go coach um you guys and it's been awesome getting to talk to some of your players who can come in after a win and be level-headed come in after a loss and be ready to move on that is tough for fans that's tough for sometimes media we we try to paint big broad strokes after a win that maybe this is the year or after a loss (laughs) well this year's over uh you guys have to stay so focused but here's an example of fans this is coming off a a beat down against ucf and you had this particular fan justin and newburn fired up to go to byu and next week in Provo, Utah, BYU, we are coming for you. I'm going to slap every cougar on that mountain. And we're bringing all the vices to you. I'm bringing coffee, and I'm bringing Pepsi, and I'm bringing beer, and tequila, and whiskey, and more tequila, and more whiskey, and more beer. And Mike Houston and the Pirates are rolling in there, and we're whooping some BYU tails. Go Pirates! All right, that was after wow. a win, and uh, you did go to BYU and win that game on a he field. Sounds goal. like he needs to be locked with the old WWE. <laughs> it was yeah. very stone cold. Yes, uh, great call there. Uh, an example of the highs, and uh, we've got some lows too that we could play. But but fans are up and down. Us. How tough? You know, at this point in your career, it's I guess you've done it so much. But is it tough to kind of move on to the next one? No. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, I do feel like the kids handle it better than I do. I mean, it's just, you know, the 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 energy and the emotions of the winds are such a high. And then, I mean, when you, you put, you know, 100 hours or whatever it is a week of preparation into a game, and then when you have those tough losses, you know, like we had, we had some some heartbreakers last year and just the lows can just i mean they crush me and that's uh you know I, and I, you say well you're you're, you're getting older should it get, shouldn't it get a little more numb to it and you just don't i mean yeah. you just you pour everything into it and so it's uh that is the probably the toughest thing to manage is those two extremes during the season and you famously after the memphis win beat on the podium how about those freaking <laughs> pirates like we like well, the emotion coach we how like about those freaking pirates there it is <laughs> That was this man. That well, almost sounds like a different guy. <laughs> you know, let's see. We started off, we got down 14 nothing to start the game, right? Yeah. And so we had the fake punt, which was there. I'm telling oh, you, no. it was there. <laughs> and and then we have a busted assignment. We get we get tackled. Oh, no. and, and I'm sitting over there and like, this is, uh, this is going just... But then our kids just, we came back and to win the game in four overtimes and to win it the way you want it and... It's just that's 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 the extremes, right? You get all the extremes in one ball game. Right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, they were getting ready to boo me out of the stadium in the first quarter, and so you know, you win it in four overtimes. I mean, you're pretty jacked. 
No doubt. Mike Houston joining us. Highs and lows of, uh, of being a college football head coach. Uh, let's see. we got a ton of questions A lot more here. highs nowadays, though. Abs- hey, trust me. Yeah, we've been here for some lows. I was on, I was on suicide watch in 19. <laughs> well, we're now, yeah, we're, we're in a, a much different place uh, here years later. All right, let's knock out uh, some of these listener questions, Coach. Uh, what position group has really improved this year that maybe struggled last year? What bump have you seen uh, this offseason in a position group? I think probably the secondary. I mean, I just think that uh, you have um, some you have some guys that are a year older. Um, you have some uh, you have a lot more length. Uh, with both some guys that have that were in the program that didn't play much last year that are now experienced and playing more, and you got some newcomers that have some length. So I just I, th- I think that uh, the added length and speed in that room uh, has been very evident. You know, our, our team right now runs as well as any group I've had at ECU. I mean, we we run, and uh, so it's. Uh, I think that you should see some some pretty significant improvement right there uh, this fall. Interested to see about this rule change, Coach, that you're asked about with the uh, no clock stop on a first yeah. down. Well, how is that going to impact the time of games? How will it impact drives and situations? What's your, what's your thoughts on it? Well, it's 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 going to reduce the length of the game a little bit. And it's probably going to reduce you know probably seven to ten snaps a game is what they tell us, um, and it really. The reason they're doing it is because of the expanded playoff. They're trying to, you know, lessen the number of plays throughout the season for the for the players. Um, so it, the games will be a touch shorter. Um, I, I, I wish they'd do away with the TV timeouts. Mm-hmm. But that's 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 not going to go away. Yeah, and I don't. I, I'm speaking. I don't mind this rule. You have a, so many stoppages in a game already right. with reviews with TV timeouts. Right. I don't think this will be too drastic. But no, I don't think the fans will notice. Yeah, it'll just be a few a few fewer plays. Uh, Brandon says, ask Coach what you won't be watching the game. You'll be on the sidelines. What do you think about the Michigan game being on Peacock instead of national TV? I don't I don't care. Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I am a little surprised, though. Yeah. I mean, you, they're probably going to be ranked, you know, when the AP poll comes out or whatever. And, you know, they're probably going to be ranked, too. Well, maybe that's why they do it. They try to get some some money. They know Michigan's going to be a draw, and right, you know, ECU is a I mean bowl winner. Coach, Coach so. Harbaugh saying that this is their best chance that they've ever had to win a national championship. It makes you feel good, don't it? Yeah, <laughs> hey, bring them on. Yeah, there you go. All right, uh, let's see. How about the new conference, Coach? I guess it became official uh, maybe yesterday. I saw some tweets about it, but UTSA, UAB, uh, Rice, which you're not playing all of these teams, right. but a lot of new teams coming in. What's your your take on that? Well, we had conference meetings last week, and so we were all together for the first time. Um, and you know, a lot of those guys I know. And, uh, and and know about their programs, and so uh, obviously uh, you know three three teams leaving, but I think some really quality programs coming in. Uh, you know, I mean, like UTSA is yeah. probably going to be one of the better teams in the country. Next they were year. in the top twenty five most right. of the last year, right? And you know, and, and Jeff's done a great job there. He feels really really confident about his roster. Uh, so it's going to be you know Rice um bloom had them in the in a bowl game last year so a uh, very solid team returning there so it's it's, it's going to be a challenging conference just like always what is the message you tell recruits to sell them on ecu uh what's your recruiting pitch if you could boil that down well i think a, a couple of things i mean first you know they they really are blown away when they see the stadium when they come to campus and so i tell them i said listen a lot of people have a, a big stadium i said the difference is ours is full you know, I mean, our fan base is our 
best selling point in recruiting. Uh, but it's you know getting getting them here and getting them around uh, campus and seeing seeing everything. But then just I tell them you know you want to come here for the same reasons that I wanted to come here. This is a football school. Football is important at East Carolina. You know our fan base supports the 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 program the the city of greenville supports the program it matters here and uh and that's you know a lot of times we're recruiting against a school that may have this or that or whatever but they're not a football school in this region because there's only so many uh and so that's that's probably the biggest thing yeah and ryan mcmanus joined us director of football operations last week and we'll talk about some of your camps coming up but he said uh winning helps he said hey we got uh, a ring which i believe i saw on social yeah. media uh bowl wins and and now coach you can uh before a couple of years ago you were selling kind of the vision now you're right. saying hey here's what we got right and you know it's and i'll tell you another piece it's the biggest selling factor that we have are our players you know it's you you are, i love our roster you know the the kids uh you you the way they the way they are the way they are with each other the way they represent themselves uh it's it's what you want uh and you know when parents and recruits get around them the parents feel very comfortable with you know who their their son's going to be with and uh you know it's so I, i think that's a big factor also yeah you're you're selling what the program is right now not what it's going to be and man i don't know if if we got lucky troy and jonathan kind of got together the last couple of years and uh we had the players lounge here on the show and right. got to talk i don't know if we got just like every awesome guy you have on your team and got lucky with our picks or i think i imagine everybody is that way because talking to miles berry and bruce right. the year before like just amazing amazing right. dudes and uh, i feel like you could pick any pick any of them yeah. yeah and by the way miles miles started his uh, new job this week down in uh down in texas so uh, just an amazing guy he, well, he's awesome he's going he's, he's going to own a company here oh yeah for long. I'm no doubt no doubt uh mike houston joining us coach uh what is the biggest difference of coaching at ecu versus your previous stops every every stop is different um you know i think i think uh you know the american conference uh is is a difference you know at at, at you know at jmu you know we were the best team in that league uh and uh you know it's the the conference was strong but you were the alpha dog uh now you've got a bunch of alpha dogs in this league yeah it's a it's a dang bar fight every <laughs> it's just you beat beat each other to death um i think that's one one difference um i i, I do just being back in north carolina uh, for me personally is just uh, that's that's a big piece for for Amanda and the boys and I. I asked uh, Bryce Williams, former ECU tight end, to come up with a question. He is obsessed with numbers. <laughs> that's all he's got. He said because uh, he wanted his first question. He didn't want me to ask. He said, "If he joined the team this year, would you let him wear eighty, or would you keep it on Shane Calhoun?" And I said, "Bryce, his guy is going to keep eighty. Calhoun's keeping eighty. You're not getting eighty. Yeah, I'll, I'll find you a good number though." <laughs> he said he wanted to know what your favorite number is. I guess what did you wear or well, what, what number? I wore eighty eight. Okay. So uh, Josiah, I tell oh, that's a Cowboys got, thing, ain't it? No, huh? Okay. No, right. I, I was forty-four in high school. <laughs> I got to college, and uh, an upperclassman had forty-four, so they gave me eighty-eight. Okay. So uh, that's what I wore. But anyway, anyway the, yeah, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll find ninety-seven will be a good number for Bryce. <laughs> you look good in that ninety-seven. Yeah, ninety-seven, Bryce. coming across the middle. But eighty-eight, uh, yeah. Josiah, the eighty-eight on this yeah. roster. You said, okay, yeah. all right. Uh, that's good. Josiah represented well, no doubt. Craig uh, says, name a player that might not be in the spotlight but impresses you with his work ethic. 
who uh who comes to mind who are those workers for you coach well i think i mentioned one while ago Kerry king uh and i think certainly he's uh he's kind of set himself uh, apart um is he still 17 oh i know he no, was he's, he's gonna wear seven this year okay he's De- at seven De- devin king is wearing 17 don't start asking me a bunch of numbers <laughs> <laughs> they all they all they all come in wanting a different number but yeah. about uh, every every other semester or so uh, t- jack powers has had a great spring and summer uh, he's a kid i think you know may have a, a a big year this year all right a couple of names there josh asking how coach feels about the chances this year with the new teams we talked about the new teams coming into conference and look at i feel like nationally when you look at it, you'll say, oh, they lost Houston and Cincinnati, and, and they were really good teams, UCF. But there's still a lot of quality coming in, maybe just not name brands, right? Well, I mean, it's just because we haven't known them doesn't mean they, they're not quality programs. Yeah. I mean, we mentioned UTSA a while ago. UAB has been a strong program for years. Um, you know, Tom Herman at FAU, you know, you know he's going to do a great job down there. Um, we mentioned Rice a while ago. Um, you know, UNC Charlotte, we, we kind of have a regional uh, rivalry, you know, deal with two schools in, in the state of North Carolina. UAB, since coming back, has been really good. And how about Trent Dilfer? That's a very interesting yeah, hire. That there. was. Uh, I, I knew him a little bit just from, uh, you know, him doing games with ESPN. Uh, but he, good guy, really good guy. Obviously, you know, played forever, uh, knows football. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he was good at the meetings last week. All right, Brandon, uh, hopefully Coach has the answer to this one. What will it take to get highly ranked recruits to come to ECU like Alabama and Ohio State get? Uh, $14 million a year. All right. That's it. I think that's, I think that's the budget of the top schools in the SEC for NIL for football. Okay. So if that's, you... that's, that, that's, that's the one thing is just, I mean, like the lower tier ACC schools, their budget for NIL for just football per year is $5 million, $6 million. I mean, it's it's insane yeah and uh so if you would like to write that check we'll get you in touch with the right people right yeah brandon or anybody yeah, out there, there. uh tj says clip can you ask coach houston what his favorite music artist is sure oh i got a couple uh now journey definitely got to be in there motley crew has to be on the list you seen any of these live you been to any concerts uh saw aerosmith live okay saw, yep, seen uh, that. saw nickelback saw uh, breaking benjamin oh wow Random. okay <laughs> all right why why where why did you go to a breaking benjamin show are you a fan i, I, I love breaking benjamin awesome all right my cool. wife went with me excellent all yeah. right are you uh in the mosh pit with i go in them absolutely <laughs> that's hilarious breaking benjamin i like that uh mike houston joining us here today coach i want to mention your camps before we let you get out of here and we talked about it last week with ryan mcmanus but uh prospect camps going on but for folks out there uh that are interested in the junior pirates camp and the next week ladies clinic need to get on that right so ne- next week monday tuesday and wednesday junior pirates camp uh you know in the mornings uh then uh ladies clinic is june 23rd uh that'll be in that the evening there uh information on all those camps are at mike houston football camps llc.com uh so uh you know you can look on our website there's a link there too so but uh excited about that next week i love the little kids camp you know those guys are always enthusiastic and it's uh it is k through eighth okay um and then you know the ladies clinic is a big hit every year and uh you know really the good thing this year is we will have players 
uh, involved with the ladies clinic this year um you know that's we did it at a time when the players are there we have players involved in the little kids camp too awesome i was going to ask you about that coach because my favorite part growing up i went to coach gary overton baseball camp back in the day and also mike Steele camp but being the the players being there i mean they're heroes to kids around here so and and you talked about how great your team is i know kids and the the ladies will love that yeah absolutely i mean that's get to to be 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 with the pirates at those two events mike houston football camps llc.com you can get signed up there coach what is the rest of uh so we mentioned the prospect camps you got official visits so you're you're still in football mode here in june yes june is i mean it's every single day between recruiting and uh and the stuff with our players it's every single day through june we got a official visit last weekend we have another one got a group coming in tomorrow i have a big prospect camp on sunday so uh you know it's 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 constant right now till the end of june and then the dead period hits the last uh you know right at the tail end last week of june the dead period comes and so that's when uh all the coaches get to catch their breath man all right and so, uh, a little vacation a little uh, catch yeah. up on yellowstone or whatever whatever you're watching these days I, I, we're not watching anything right now no, so, uh, nothing no, good the pandemic got me got me hooked on some of that stuff <laughs> it's, it's a little bit a little bit more difficult now but uh i know what you're gonna say but how you feeling about the cowboys this year they, it's our year <laughs> it's our year yeah how many years in a row you said that since they won their last one <laughs> since 96 or 97 whatever it was uh hey we got rid of dan snyder so maybe we'll yeah. be back there's I a, don't know. You don't know. I'm, I'm never going. What, what the hell's your name now? Well, it's it's Washington. Did, did, uh, yeah, you're, We're the Commanders. I, it wasn't. Isn't there an issue with that? There's some kind of copyright issue. Maybe right. we'll get a new name. Maybe I don't know. Where they look? We're just trying to trying to I don't know. Have a business there, Coach. And we got a good coach in Ron Rivera. I like, Problem is I like every, Coach Rivera. I know, and everything around him like crumbles. So yeah. it's it's got to be tough. For but him. I refuse to pull for the Redskins. That's fine. Yeah, and I'll never pull for the Cowboys. No, I mean you, you, like John Riggins. Yes, I mean, that's <laughs> like profanity. <laughs> that's awesome. I uh, I love it. I love the hate. It's yes. uh, it makes it fun, right? Oh, no doubt. Coach, uh, thanks for hanging out. Uh, we appreciate it, and uh, good luck the rest of this off season. And we'll talk to you. Uh, Coming up, I guess, in August, getting ready Absolutely. for media day and fall camp yeah. and all that good stuff. Exciting times. Yes, sir. Glad to be a pirate. Thank you, Coach. Mike Houston joining us uh, here in hour number three of Pirate Radio Live. Shirley, uh, I tell you what, we got Ken Wallington coming in. Can we go ahead and open up the booty bag right now and make a winner? Let's do it. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. All right, 317-1250. What are we giving away today? A pair of tickets to a Down East Wood Ducks baseball game. All right, you can go see the Woodies on us. What caller are you looking for? 12. Caller 12, 317-1250. We're back with more on Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. East Plumbing, Viva Electric, and Rolling Black Heating and Cooling have teamed up to form a new blue service group offering Eastern North Carolina the best in plumbing, electrical, and HVAC services same great local team same great local service just a new name for plumbing electrical and hvac services go to callnewblue.com 
That's callinublue.com, New Blue Service Group, where we are redefining service excellence. And congratulations to Rodney Letchworth of Aiden. Picked up a pair of tickets to a Down East Wood Ducks baseball game. Baseball is back in Kinston, and you can get single-game tickets and check out all the fun promotions planned this season right now at woodducksbaseball.com. Go Woodies. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here is your host, Clip Brock. All right, welcome back in to Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Clip Rock here with you, joined by Ken Wadlington, WNCT Channel 9, to talk some sports here on a Wednesday. Ken, how you doing, man? Doing pretty good. Clip, how are you? We're, uh, I'm fine. We're both a little bit in mourning after our baseball teams took uh, the L's this weekend. Uh, East Carolina made it to the regional final, losing to Virginia. And UNCW... Allegedly made the NCAA tournament, but uh, they didn't really show up. Well, they had a lead in their first yeah, game, they right? Two nothing after two innings, and then you blinked, and then it was over. <laughs> yeah, just like that. Well, Duke was on a mission. It looked like yeah, down there had, in Conway. Blue Devils are playing well, and yeah, uh, Seahawks gave up a grand slam in each one of their two games. That that never helps. So. No, that's not going to get you many. Disappointing wins. into the what was I guess a successful season. Right, it's always disappointing, but you you look at the uh, I guess the journey, not the destination, and uh, we'll once again see at UNC. And ECU, I would assume, meet on the field. Uh, that is a fun baseball rivalry. Yes. And want to get that cranked up more uh, again in basketball, which I think we have. Yeah, it's uh, Pirates Seahawks in Greenville this year. Uh, I saw the date somewhere, but it's it's early in the season. Yeah, so uh, that is always fun and uh, looking forward to that matchup. And, and one day football. One day, yeah. We won't I, live to see it, but one day there will be football at UNCW. What if you're the guy that brings football is it back to UNCW or for the first time first ever? First time ever. To yeah, UNCW. Uh, they are undefeated, never been scored on. So yeah. <laughs> You know what? Just keep it that way, right? <laughs> That's true. We got t-shirts that they sell down there, you know, undefeated, unscored on since like 1947 that. and stuff like that. So. I mean, you talk about the 85 Bears and the 2000 Ravens or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Or, UNCW or is not giving up a point. of UNCW. Exactly. Football. And we're starting to turn that page to football. Mike Houston on the show today, Ken, and uh, starting to get excited because really... It's a long summer for sports fans, but you get through June and July, it cranks up in August. August is my favorite month because, like we're joking about UNCW, everybody's undefeated in August. You haven't lost a game yet. You got your fantasy drafts. You got some preseason. You've got all the hype. Chandler and I are excited, and uh, and Brian Bailey, and maybe you'll go to the uh, Parker's Barbecue, Big Carolina, yep, yep, yep. and get a free lunch. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite days of the you year. had me at free. <laughs> exactly. So, like, August is awesome. Yeah. If you can make it through June and July, folks, you'll, you'll, you'll be doing all right. And June goes by pretty quick, too. You know, usually you got regionals to talk about, super yeah. regionals. Uh, you got the Big Rock Blue Marlin tournament yeah. coming up next week down in Moorhead City. And before you know it, it'll be Independence Day. You'll be looking at the fireworks. And two weeks after that, football's here. Boom. Just like that. Just like that. Are you, uh, are the higher-ups going to let you get down to Moorhead City? I will be down there uh, a week from Thursday. Uh, doing live broadcast at 5, 5.30 and 6. You've done that before in yeah, the past? Yeah, yeah. Last year we were down there and it was so hot that, uh, and we're out in the sun, you know, there's no covering right there on the docks. Uh, we're at the way station, and it was so hot that our equipment shut down that we sat out there, wow. you know, trying to do our broadcast. So hopefully, uh, the way the weather's been lately, it won't be that hot ne- next week. I'm looking at it now. It has been, and uh, and Ken, you know, being around here, uh, this has been an abnormally 
cool, mild yeah. spring, early summer, whatever. It has been fantastic. It's been great. I uh, wish the sun would come out a little more often. You well, know. I can't now because of yeah, this, I got uh, the, the, the smoke. Thanks, Canada. <laughs> Once again, Gosh. South Park had it right all those years ago. Blame, Blame Canada. Canada. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it has been uh, it's been awesome. Now, at some point, it is going to get hell hot around here. And <laughs> no we, doubt about we it. We all know it. Yeah. Uh, but man, enjoy it while you can. But Ken, uh, that, that's a pretty neat event, right? Just to do something out of the norm a little bit to cover? Oh, for sure. It's And, and it's such a huge event for the Crystal Coast, and it's become kind of well-known across the region and across the country. Yep. You know, Michael Jordan's come down and fished in it the last couple of years. As of uh, last night, his boat has not officially entered for this year, but I, I think there's word that, that they plan on the Catch-23 boat to, to be fishing on there once again. Curtis Strange helps out every year uh, with the Big big Rock Committee. He's you know obviously a, a Hall of Fame golfer uh, and uh, North Carolina Sports Hall of fame inductee in the last couple of months i believe as well so it's it's a lot of fun and yeah for me it's a change of pace to get out of the studio and you know ideally there'd be gorgeous weather and you're out on the water all day long you know talking about fun stuff instead of absolutely canadian fire <laughs> uh you can tell it's june if you go to espn.com i'm looking at some of these headlines ken you've got the live and pga tour stuff going yeah. on uh messy is Apparently going to play in the MLS for yeah, Miami. Miami. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. The Iron Sheik has passed away. That's making headlines. R.I.P. Yeah. To the uh, Sheik. Wonder what Hulk has to say about it. <laughs> Screw Hulk Hogan <laughs> in honor of the Iron Sheik today. Uh, so you've got a lot of different. Co- we got a Madden cover update. You see who the cover boy is? Uh, Josh Allen, right? Josh Allen, yeah. the Madden cover boy. I and played Madden in also years. at ESPN, I'm sure there's seven different headlines about the Cowboys. <laughs> always, always. And will LeBron play for? Who next season? <laughs> if LeBron retires, will he play tight end for Dallas? Exactly. Let's get that yeah. conversation going. Um, and hey, Braves win. I saw three Braves games over the weekend. They won two oh, out of three. Yeah. And uh, Sunday afternoon, 104 degrees outside in downtown Phoenix. The roof was closed. Two outs in the ninth. Braves are down one. Then Eddie, Eddie. Eddie Rosario He's cranks back. a grand slam. Pretty cool moment of all my sports moments I've you know seen in person. That's, that's top ten probably. It was really really cool. I pulled a Ken Wildington on Sunday. We Turned were it off. here watching the well, we were watching the Pirates. That's so right. I was yeah. following yeah. the Braves, and uh, ECU was losing. I started looking at other scores. I said, okay, the Braves are going to lose again. Another lost series. Didn't even check back on it. Didn't even know until Monday they had won the game. Ken, <laughs> really? So it took the page well, right out of your well, book yeah, there of, I mean, of giving up early. You know, you had a lot on your plate, though. Yeah, Not a lot true. to pay attention to. And then on Saturday in the game, uh, Braves won. Uh, Ronald Acuna hit a, what they said was a 464-foot home run. I'm pretty sure that ball is still on the way to Albuquerque because he knocked the ever-living you-know-what out of that baseball. And this is the sound that it made when it came off the bat. Oh, it's just beautiful. Saw this tweet. Every... Acuna home run would have also been a home run at the Polo Grounds, which is famously <laughs> the, you know. Just give him the MVP. I mean, that is, uh, that's pretty cool to see his uh, his home run chart. And the Braves just dropped bombs. And what was the scuttlebutt with uh, Pete Alonso last night? Uh, Pete Alonso, apparently, you know, he had a home run, hit it long, long way. As he does. And uh, just was chirping at Bryce Elder. Okay. Something about throw it again, please, or something like that. So Mets talk, Braves win, kind of par for the course. Then, then after you know Alonzo chirped at him, Bryce Elder sat down eleven in a row. Uh, Braves retook the lead, and he got the win. And he's leading the NL in 
ERA. So <laughs> go figure. I, Bryce Elder, that's the guy. Bryce Elder. I mean, this happens every year. Braves have an unknown guy. You're like excited about one guy, and then an unknown pitcher comes in and, and is the man. You got to think, as frustrating as it's been, as it's been at points this season to be a Braves fan. Max Fried's on the 60-day IL. Uh, Kyle Wright's on the 60-day IL. You know, Freed was second in the Cy Young race last year. Kyle Wright led the National League in wins. They're they're off the table for a couple more months probably. And yet the the Braves starting pitching has the lowest ERA in the National League. And it seems like they you know they're only a 500 team. They're not. They got the best record in the league. Uh, and and the bats are starting to get going. There's one guy I'm a little worried about. And that's Michael Harris the second. Yeah. Really really in a funk. But uh, you know Austin Riley's starting to hit the ball again. Um, Acuna's been just fantastic. It's all my, he might be the first 40-80 player in, in uh, baseball history. We'll see it's about phenomenal. that. phenomenal. He, he's definitely the front runner for MVP. Spencer Strider might be the front runner right now for the Cy Young. So, yep. uh, yeah, there's when they go, you know, two or three game losing streaks, like, yeah, okay, here it goes. It's over. But, you know, I think they'll do all right. Braves are a favorite tonight against Max Scherzer and the Mets at home. Um, have we? I have been out of it engulfed in, in, in ECU baseball. Has uh, Soroka made his second start? Did I miss he, that? He did. He made his second start uh, Sunday. So you saw it? Yes. Okay. And it wasn't great. Yeah, but I don't. He did. He did not get a decision in that game. Uh, gave up a home run or two. That uh, you know. I guess they said he's missing his location. Just yeah. his ball, his, his pitches don't have as much movement as they did pre Achilles injury number one. Since he's had two now, so it's going to take a while. They sent him back down, uh, so they're going to get him some more time there in Gwinnett to hopefully get him going. Oh, okay. but, but by the end of the season, maybe you get a a, a backup to speed Soroka. You get a healthy Freed. You get a healthy Kyle Wright. Right. Added to Strider and Charlie Morton and Bryce Elder. My goodness, that's a, that's a rotation. Let's just stay in first, kind of stick around, and and then get those guys back at the end of the year and make a run. Another surprise, though. There's a team in second place in the NL East. Only three games behind the Braves. It's not the Phillies. It's not the Mets. It's your Miami Marlins. Yeah, here they come. They make these rando runs uh, every 10 or so years. But my buddy told me the other day, the guy who went to, uh, went to the Phoenix games, uh, Arizona games with, he's like, you know what, if, if, if the team chasing the Braves is, is the Marlins, I think they're going to be okay. I'm like, yeah. Maybe, maybe you're right. That's a good point. But, but they I, I guess well. at some point the Mets and, and Philly certainly could, but uh, it's nice to have that uh, that pad in front of us right Mets now. Mets are struggling, right? and Phillies yeah. are struggling too, honestly. I mean, the, with all the firepower they supposedly have now, and they just really haven't haven't added up yet. We're going to do Ken's uh, favorite and least favorite ballparks one day okay. here in the summer. We'll do that. We can uh, run down the whole list. We've been talking uh, a little NFL over-unders here, Ken, because okay. we had uh, our favorite cowboy, uh, Brian <laughs> Bailey, on the show talking about their over-under How about the cowboy? win total. And, of course, he loves them over nine and a half this year. Take it to the bank. They're over 17 wins. <laughs> uh, I talked to Billy Weaver, Commanders fan, who I asked him what he thought the over-under would be. He He's way too optimistic. Put it at eight. It's sitting at six and a half. Uh, so he likes over six and a half for Washington. Uh, how about you? How are you feeling about the Commanders as we sit here in early June? What were they last year? Seven and ten? Eight and nine? Eight, I believe. Oh, yeah. They'll win at least eight games. Because they were right there in the playoffs until Ron Rivera started Carson Wentz against the Cleveland Browns, and he threw three interceptions. That's true. Sam Howell is going to lead us to the playoffs. Why not? Now, Somebody's I, got to eventually. I am not... I, I don't even want to read anything about this offseason, but I did. I saw a headline that Chase Young felt pretty explosive. I hope so. Good. I, okay, fine. I'm not going to get too excited about that, but I don't know. 
you know, I was joking about ESPN and the Cowboys, and as we look up now, ESPN is talking oh, about the yeah. Cowboys. So there you go. Tag Prescott to Dalton Schultz, touchdown. But back to the Commanders, you know, yeah. America's real team. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they'll they'll be a little bit better than last year, and that might be enough to get them into the playoffs. They so they were eight eight and one. Who's the oh, tie? That's right, give? the tie was. Uh, oh God. What's funny is I remember every game from ninety five to like oh seven, and anything beyond. Well, was it the Bengals? No, not the Bengals. That was uh, over in London years ago okay. where they tied. Yeah. Um, oh, it was the Giants. Yes, when the they, they played the Giants back to back, and then we got them and yeah. lost to them at home yep. on a yeah. Yep. Oh, we watched that game right here, and it did not go well. Uh, but excited for the upcoming football <laughs> season uh, again. Mike Houston on the show today, so we're talking some pirate football and kind of uh, man, just so many unknowns. I saw a recent win total uh, for for ECU drop, and it has dropped. It's at five and a half now. Ooh. It keeps getting lower as people. Maybe look at this roster, look at this offense, uh, just the amount of production you lost, Ken. It's tough to replace all that. It is tough to replace that, but as we've seen, Mike Houston can coach some guys up. He's got a great staff. Uh, it's Division One football. It's next man up mentality. And, yeah. You know, yeah, they do. I mean, they lose a, a five-year starter, basically, a quarterback, and some really explosive players on the outside, and, and a couple of good defensive players. I mean, so yeah, there's a lot of turnover, but... Uh, I think there's some winnable games in the conference. It's it's not quite the conference schedule that it was, uh, uh, you know, in, in the past in the American with some new teams coming in and yeah. some, some older teams going away. And yeah, the, you start off with the the end all be all of non conference games at Michigan, but then you've got some games that are winnable. There's no games in you know we have to go to BYU or something this year like that. So. I like the non conference schedule because yep. uh, I like Marshall, I like App State, I like those games yep. that are somewhat regional, but and also somewhat rivalries. Yeah. It's has some history to them. Yeah, yeah, has a, a friendly rivalry and an, and an unfortunate incident that yeah. ties the schools together. And App State, as much as a lot of Pirate fans don't like it and their rise right. up the ranks where they were dominant in FCS and then joining FBS, that is, that's a fun game. That was a fun game when they played in Charlotte a couple years ago. Is this the first time ECU's gone to App State? First time I can recall, yeah. Maybe the 70s or yeah. something like that? Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's going to be they're going to be fired up. I saw today they had sold out season tickets so yep. should be uh, should be great crowds there as well. Last year uh, App State opened up at home against Carolina and it, it went to overtime, right? Or no, it ended up sixty six, sixty two, or something. Oh my ridiculous. goodness! Yes, yeah, yeah, I do remember that one. Um, all right, you were following the uh, NBA finals at all, Ken? I have been a little bit. I watched uh, Game Two the other night out in Arizona. It was my buddy's like, let's let's watch the game, and my thought was, yeah, eight thirty. Like, oh no, it starts in twenty minutes at five thirty. What's so. that like? What's that like living on the being a sports fan in that time zone? Well, uh, here's. Two sides of it. That was cool, where you know the NBA Finals was starting in the afternoon. We're at this brewery in this nice little outdoor patio area. It's 102 degrees, but with the fans blowing in the shade, it was comfortable. Uh, the flip side of that was uh, the regionals. When there was a 12 noon start on yeah. Saturday, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. And so I'm listening to some baseball at 9 o'clock in the morning, eating some breakfast, drinking some coffee. <laughs> that was kind of cool. Yeah, I, I think I prefer the East Coast. As I get older, I'm starting to get more of the, hey, can we start these yeah. games a tad earlier, all that. But I think I like my NFL. I think I, NFL won for eight. I, I love that lineup. Yeah. If it was 11, one, you know, 10 one, Yeah, the 10. That's, that's tough. That's, I don't know. I, I guess I, I would adjust. Just like the good sports fan that I am, 
But uh, I don't want to have to do that. You don't have to. So Stuck just stay right ways. here, East East Coast. Maybe Central's got it figured out. It's the East Coast West Coast rivalry. <laughs> you're biggie. <laughs> I am. I, you call me fat? Nope. Nope. I'm saying you're the greatest of all time. How about that? Um, run away from the police. Picture <laughs> that. I'm too fat. Mess around. Catch an asthma attack. I really related to that, which is why I never did anything <laughs> wrong, so I didn't have to run from exactly. the police. Thank you, Biggie. <laughs> yeah, thank you. For uh, keeping me out of trouble. Rest in peace. All right, Ken Watlington joining uh, the Iron Sheik and Biggie up there. That's just, right. Uh, oh, man, what a party. T- talking wrestling. <laughs> uh, Ken, what's on the docket for this week? You got uh, Big Rock next week, which we can talk more about that. But, uh, man, you had the high school state uh, playoffs wrap up. It's for all done. Baseball, yeah, softball. Uh, the, so. uh, the season is over in every sport in high school. Uh, one of the big things that came out uh, earlier this week was Martin County high schools are consolidating into one program, which is kind of something that we really haven't seen done. The schools will stay separate, but the athletics will come together on, under one umbrella, and they'll actually move up from 1A to 2A uh, starting next year. So how many schools is that? Do you Like high schools, do you know? It's two high schools. Okay. So there, technically there's three high schools, public high schools in Martin County. Beargrass is technically a charter school, so they'll be their own thing their still. Own. Okay. Uh, Riverside, which used to be Jamesville and Williamston, came together to form Riverside. And then South Creek was Roanoke High School, which was merged with Beargrass back in the day. So they had four high schools, consolidated to two, and now the two high schools will now play under one team. So play, students at South Creek. Can you give me a over. visual presentation, a chart on this? I, I can't actually. <laughs> that was really impressive <laughs> that you just did that. Yeah. So basically, uh, two high schools yep. are going to put together the one football team. It's called a co-op or something like okay. that. Yeah, but they'll move up division. They'll stay in the move up a class, but they'll they'll stay in the same conference with Tarboro, Washington County. Um, how can I not think of anyone else in that conference? Yeah, you've done enough. Your brain's in overdrive right now. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Quit making me think. <laughs> so, high school football. Uh, that'll be here before you know it. Yeah. I mean, that's Coming literally the second week of August. It's touchdown Friday. With touchdown Ryan Friday. Back for another but year. But, you know, Bailey's off with the Pirates so much these days on road trips, which is a great get for WNCT for him to be able to travel with the team. Half the nights, I'm hosting touchdown Friday. Yeah. Which is, that's a lot of pressure, man. Is it? That's Brian Bailey's baby. A lot of shoes, uh, how big shoes to fill. Smelly shoes. You know. <laughs> big old smelly cowboy boots. <laughs> but, uh, but man, a lot of fun. Yeah, and uh, and you guys do an awesome job with it. it. Top to bottom. And Bailey, uh, Bailey gives credit where credit is due. He really shouts out you guys that help him out with that because it is a, a lot of work to put together all those highlights. And when I don't help him out, he also lets me know. <laughs> that's two sides. something a couple weeks ago. Hey, can you, can you go shoot this? Uh, baseball game or something. Like, yeah, I can. Man. And when Garrett Short is like in a wedding, he's the best man. Bailey will trash him for it and yeah, exactly. not being at work. So like Bailey got to understand the dude has friends and they're getting married. Like, okay. <laughs> Bailey's friends ain't got married in 42. He's the only one that's gotten married in the last 50 years of his friends. All right. We're, we're not going to roast Bailey. He's not here to take it. Uh, Ken, thanks for hanging out today, man. Of course, we'll, man. Uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Go that's Braves. Right. Go Braves. And uh, Meet the yeah. Mets. Let's uh, take a break. We'll come back. More to go. Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Back with you after this.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Order Jersey Mike subs on the mobile app and get delivery right to your home or save time and order ahead to skip the line to pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's a sub above. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. What a range of emotions uh, for Jamie on YouTube. He said, Iron Sheik is in dead, Clip. And he said, oh my God, I just saw the news. Why do you think we are we the type of show that would say somebody's dead when they're not dead? Yes, we are. Unfortunately, we do that quite a bit, but uh, we are. I, I say someone is dead to me. <laughs> right? Yeah, a lot of folks dead to us. Chris Haymeyer. No, he's not dead. He's just banned. Who's dead to me? Oh, Corey Glore. Even though he comes on the show often. <laughs> A lot of folks dead to me that i'm still friends with no when i say someone's dead to me i am done d-u-n done it's like you're seeing ghosts they're dead to you but you're talking to them they're haunting you i feel like watching uh y'all's video in studio b is like seeing ghosts it's like I know. some paranormal yeah, activity it's all glitchy it's, hey yeah, look it's paranormal activity is my wheelhouse i think there's a ghost in there with you guys scott said did you hear warren sap has been with the commanders giving pointers to the d-line i did not hear that scott i am avoiding all commanders off-season news i'm i'm not going to get my hopes up i will say d-line pain and allen uh that should be a top unit in the nfl no excuses not to chase young back i mean they should be good on the defensive side but you know how many times i've thought they should be good and they're not so I, i'm not getting my hopes up i i have zero expectations for sam Howell. um i'm just gonna try to enjoy the games every week i'm gonna do my best to not get mad not get angry just enjoy the sport of american football and my favorite team whatever they're gonna call themselves whatever kind of uniforms they're gonna wear Whoever the owner is, I'm just going to try to enjoy it. They make it difficult for me to enjoy it every year, but I'm going to try. I'm going to do my best in 2023. Welcome to being a Dolphins fan. Oh, whatever. The Dolphins are good. Um, Up until, like, what, the last couple of years? Okay, well, live in the now. Sucketh. Live in the now. I'm just saying. Sucketh. Eric said, hey, Clip, I offered my elderly neighbor $20 if I could ride her stair lift. I think she's going to take me up on it. Oh, my God. That's awful. What? The joke. <laughs> I didn't even get it. I thought he was, like, just being stupid. No. I... <laughs> Oh, I just got it. <laughs> because he said, hey, Clip. I thought he was just having a conversation with me. Oh, my God. That's me a minute hey clip i offered my elderly neighbor twenty dollars if i can ride on a stairlift i think she's gonna take me up on it all right all right so here's the thing it's actually a good joke is that it's i've seen it in the past like week or so and i laughed at it the first time i'm not laughing at that's it the first ever thing chandler got before me and shirley yeah because usually <laughs> it we get it before he does usually he's the one that's on the delay oh man yeah i thought eric was just being stupid to wrap up the show saying nonsense but nope he was telling a dad joke thanks eric 
That's pretty good. That is a good joke, though. Pretty, 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 pretty. Man, what a shocker coming out of that Mike Houston interview. He is a Breaking Benjamin fan. Breaking news. Breaking Benjamin news. Mike Houston, Breaking Benjamin fan. That is that that one kind of took me aback. I mean, Aerosmith, Motley Crue. I knew he was a Motley Crue fan. Journey. He's a big Journey. I was like, okay, yeah, that's that's you know, those are bands that are in my wheelhouse as well. And then he threw out Breaking Benjamin, and I kind of leaned back. What you know about Breaking Benjamin? <laughs> he uh what you know about that willie and he sounds confident as all coaches do in the off season but i i believe him especially when he talks about uh, I, I like his answer to the most improved position group dbs he said you know without much thought he, he likes the length the athleticism the likes speed. the team speed back speed. there he has a belief that his offense will be able to make up for all the you know depleted spots on the roster and even if he didn't believe it, he wouldn't come out and tell us. So I have to believe that he believes. But that is a ton of production to make up. We saw some of those newcomers in that secondary in the bowl game last year with Revel and some other guys. So very excited to uh, see those those guys play an entire year and produce at that position and, and fill some roles uh, you know, like a Malik Fleming. So should be good. If you're going to say that, you got to say it in Coach Ellis's voice. Uh, Malik Fleming. Coach Ellis gone. Gosh. Coach Foster gone. Mm. Wait. Coach Ellis not gone. Coach on the offensive side is gone. Try, uh, Scott. Wait, short guy is gone. Yes, Steve Ellis is gone. Everybody's gone. Steve Ellis is gone. When did he leave? Ellis? Yeah. Because Scott... Like right after the football season ended. And Scott and Foster left. Not Scott Foster the ref, but Scott and Foster left right at the beginning or during spring ball. Yes. So Ellis left before them. Everybody, I mean, dang. Boyette's still here though, right? Yeah. I think he got promoted to one of those... uh, I think he's the running backs coach now. Yeah, Raekwon Boyette. Yeah. A few years ago, didn't Pirate Radio report that Jim Calhoun was no longer with us? I don't know, Johnny. I was not responsible for that. I'm not taking responsibility for that. You know who I almost killed off earlier in the year? Who? The Whistler from Vanderbilt. Yeah, that was going around the internet. He is alive and well. Did one of our guests try to kill somebody? Oh, it was um, it was Bryce tried to kill Bill Dance just yesterday. He said, is Bill Dance still with us? We are like serial killers here. Johnny, I don't remember the jim calhoun thing but i was not responsible for that it wasn't me take a break I don't know. wait are we uh, just gonna it's end too the show? late yeah you gotta end the who show. are the sponsors coming up we'll uh talk about them real quick oh, man. who was gonna be i, I like doing this. this all right hold on who we got country mark cheese biscuits oh my god sausage dogs oh my fat god back oh fat my back god city baby and fill up your car with gas country mart man yeah it's a convenience store it's gas but their fresh food is phenomenal. Great. All right. Uh, Mick Ultra Seltzer. I mean, oh, delicious. you kidding me? Uh, it's summertime. What's better than a seltzer? And I know you're watching your weight. You want to keep that summer bod tight and nice. You also want to have a good time. Mick Ultra Seltzer. Yep. Low calorie, low carbs, a seltzer. That equals summertime. Mm-hmm. Russell's. Oh, my gosh. You need a suit. You need some nice clothes. You got a date night coming up graduation is coming up for high school students you needed something nice to wear for that 
Russell's in downtown Washington has you covered. Head to all Washington, right. uh, find a great meal, uh, see the water, do all that, and visit our friends at Russell's. Orthopedics East. Oh, my shoulder hurts. I wonder uh, who can help me. Orthopedics East. Orthopedics East. That simple. Go there. They'll help you out with any joint pains or anything like that. Integrity Home Mortgage. Oh, my gosh. You need a home loan? Hello? Um, <laughs> Hello? Do you know my guy? Wake up. Wake up. McFly. Do you know Talbot Green? Do you know his nephew Braxton Green? They can help you with any home loan that you need. And they do it with integrity. With integrity. Jarvis Street Bottle Shop. Oh my gosh. Do you need beer for the weekend? Yes. Are you hosting an event? Yes. Oh, I need beer. I But I want some good IPAs. I need a good oh, selection man. of IPAs. Love an IPA. Jarvis Street Bottle Shop. Oh, I wonder where that's at. Jarvis Street. Go there. Get you some awesome IPAs. Pickreville Airport. Uh, do you need to fly? <laughs> Are you traveling and you want to get on an airplane and you don't want to go to Raleigh or Charlotte? Uh, here's a PSA, folks. Greenville has their own airport. What's it called? Hello. Pitt Greenville Airport. It's in Pitt County. It's in Greenville. Pitt Greenville Airport. Hey, by the way, that's where the Pirates fly. Airplanes. And finally, Jimmy John's. You've got, dude, they have. Hold on. I don't have a lot of time. I got to go, but I'm hungry. What do I do? Jimmy John's. Oh, by the way, we can walk from there, or we can walk there from here. Are they fast? Uh, They're Jimmy fast. Um, are they freaky fast? They're freaky fast. <laughs> what about Jimmy fast? I don't know, <laughs> but they got many Jimmies that you can have. If you're not that hungry and you just want like a small sandwich, you got to have the many Jimmies. That's why Chandler is the best salesman in the business right there. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you Thursday on Pirate Radio Live. Jeff Charles, take us home. Have a great night, Eastern Carolina. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.